3: listening the Fox Sports Radio. Radio.
2: Radio. Oh, what's going on, everybody? We've got a new, exciting eh, tournament to get to. Depends on your perspective. That's coming up. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help get you there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Good to be back with you here, Kerry Rhodes. In for George Reister, I know you're an NBA guy. I know you love (laughs) you some NBA. Sir, sir, yes, sir. Yeah, you like your your Dirk Nowitzki, your Dallas Mavericks, Uh, right? Absolutely. Your Kristaps Porzingis. We'll get to him going to the Celtics in a little bit here. But are you thrilled for this new NBA Cup? That's what they're calling this thing. It's the in-season tournament. There's going to be some group play, knockout stages, and then there's going to be a championship on December Ninth, that is your in-season NBA tournament. Are you giddy for this thing?
4: I am just confused. (laughs) That's all I've kind of consumed over the last day. Uh, (laughs) I mean, it's so much information that just came out in that one little one-minute commercial clip that they put out, and uh, you know, Richard Richard Jefferson did a really good job of trying to you know motivate us and get us amped up about it. But um, I don't think the players would really get you know, hyped up about it. I just don't see it really taking off. And, you know, I, obviously the World Cup, we have a lot of fun around that, but that's also one of those things where it's an event that we're looking forward to um, all around the world. And this is just something that's kind of like a gimmick, it seems.
2: Yeah. I think it's stupid. <laughs> I got to be honest with you, Kerry. And I love the NBA. So do I. I. think it's stupid. So where, do I. Look, man, some stuff works for certain sports mm-hmm. and doesn't work for others. It's really as simple as that, and this is, like you said, this is taken straight from European soccer, right. the in-season tournament. Right. But they don't have a playoff structure the way the NBA does. They don't have, you know, rounds and rounds and then a championship. They use the regular season as their postseason, basically. So the in-season tournament in soccer means a whole lot
4: more. 100%, yeah.
2: I, I just don't – like, think about this, Kerry, too. What if the NBA said, you know, penalty kicks – we should do our own version of penalty <laughs> kicks in the NBA. Like that would never work. Like not everything that works in one sport works in another.
4: Like instead of a challenge you have like a three-point shoot-off and <laughs> Right, yeah. <laughs> to consider who gets the ball. Like just all these weird delays in the game that messes up the flow already and yeah, it's just it's just um doesn't seem like it's going to work and you know again, these guys it's a long season too, right? And you have all these things where, you know, people they're looking forward to those certain times to you know heal and do certain things where you're putting this little tournament out there that's gonna, you know, obviously shake it up, but it's not gonna work, man.
2: No, it's not. No, and I think too, the NBA really for this to get off the ground in a good way, they need a team that's a contender for the championship this year who has some prestige mm-hmm. to win this in the first year. Because if there's a team like, I don't know, say, the Clippers who don't have an illustrious history. Mm -hmm. If they win the in-season tournament, they win the first NBA Cup, it's just going to be a punchline. (laughs) <laughs> it's gonna be like well you guys won the uh, the nba cup though you know what i mean like the nba needs the celtics they need the lakers they need right. some they need a team with some cache to win this to give it a bump because if it's the utah jazz or the pelicans or someone right. that just all of a sudden wreck shop and win this thing it, it's gonna be more of a punchline than anything
4: i agree but also even worse about it for me the stats don't count towards the season so what you know, like there's what they're saying right now is the stats that happen from those games won't um, carry over to you know the regular season awards or anything, so it doesn't hold any real significance there either. So
2: well, the, yeah, it's it it counts except for the championship game, which I, championship I don't game. understand at all. Like, <laughs> what what is that? So all the group stage play counts, like the final four counts, not the championship, and not the championship game, championship though. Game. Exactly. What that. I don't understand. And the other part of this is, look, they're going to be playing these games on Tuesdays and Fridays, right? which I think is smart, Carrie. But for anybody who's saying, oh, this is going to be big, this is going to be maybe not first year, but the fifth year, 10 years from now, it's going to be big. Other leagues are going to model. (laughs) They're going to do their own (laughs) version of this. Like, think about that for a second. They're not going to go up against Monday Night Football. Or Thursday night football. Right. Thursday night football is on Amazon. Right. You know, it's on Prime Video. Right. You got to stream this, and the numbers went down drastically. If this was really going to be an event, like it really had some, you know, some chutzpah behind it, I guess. Right. You know, right. like why not go toe to toe? But they're like, you know, we're going to go on Tuesday. We're going to go on Friday, which I think is smart. But for anybody who's envisioning this being really big them playing on Tuesdays and Fridays should tell you everything you need to know about how big this realistically is going to be.
4: Yeah, it won't be big at all, Brian. And, no. uh, you know, like, again, you know, I'm a huge basketball fan, so I will probably tune in to see what's going on. But it just smells like a gimmick, and it smells like just another way for the NBA to get in households and make a little bit more money, which obviously which is what it's about, but it doesn't smell good at all.
2: No, no. I go thumbs down on that. Brian Noe and Kerry Rhodes with you here on Fox Sports Radio. How about a couple other NBA changes? While we're talking about changes, do you go thumbs up or thumbs down on the new flopping penalty where if the officials see the uh, offensive player or the defensive player flopping, it's a technical foul, it's a free throw, and you get possession. That's the other key part of this. I love it in... Like the theory of it, but Carrie, man, there's gonna be controversy (laughs) galore where, hey, man, you just called a flop. On I don't know the Celtics. Why didn't you call a flop on the Sixers? Like you got to call it both ways. That was clearly a flop. and when you've got a, a free throw attached to it, I'm just saying it's going to lead to a lot of controversy. I like it. Yeah. But man, I think you got to look at what could go wrong, not what will go right.
4: Right. Does that make any sense it, to you? It does. No, I, I actually I actually like the rule. I like uh I like them trying to take out the flopping. It's it's become such a a, a terrible thing for the NBA. I mean it's. You know, you can see guys blatantly doing it and winking at their fans or winking at their their bench because they got away with it. So, it is something that needs to be eradicated. But also, like you said, it's going to be just more more controversy around the game. But that's going to fall on the on the on the refs, man, and the onus of them getting better because they've had some some really bad years here, you know, back to back consecutively. So let's see if we can get some better officiating here. But I like the rule. I I, I, hate, I hate the flopping. I think yeah. it takes away from the game. So. Them trying to fix that is a positive step for the game.
2: Yeah, it's gone too far. <laughs> like the flopping mm-hmm. has just gone mm-hmm. too far and for them to try to, you know, get that under control, I think it's a great thing. Right. I just think, man, to officiate that in live time <laughs> when when the penalty is that severe, we're not talking about carry just this is a normal personal foul. Right. And that can be serious enough. Right. We're talking about a free throw. We're talking about one point here. Toward the end of a game, mm-hmm. and it's really close, and you're going to make that bold call, that's going to be rough, man. Like right. The <laughs> officials have enough on their plate. I'll put it this way. As a fan, I like it a lot. Exactly. But yeah. as an official, yeah. I don't know what the officials are thinking about this exactly.
4: Yeah, I mean, these guys are skilled at it. It's not like it's something where it, it's you have a couple of flops a game. The players are blatantly doing it on purpose to you know get the advantage in certain games. So... I see it being such I see it being the positive, but I mean the officiating needs to get better as a whole. So hopefully they're doing their due diligence and doing the studying just like us players would have to do during the game to get better for the week. But they're gonna have to really target the guys that do that a lot, right? Do more research and get better on their get better at their craft and really be aware of it because all the guys don't do it. There are certain guys in the NBA that are really, really good at flopping right so yeah being able to eradicate that i think that's going to be i mean it's going to be a huge thing They has got to do a good job of it
2: yeah, yeah. We already have our first flop in Summer League. It happened this week. Oh, don't it was do during, it. Don't do yeah. it, Yeah, <laughs> It was during the Jazz game. And this is how it sounded on AT&T Sportsnet. Check this out.
1: There's a technical foul called. It's our first flop foul. Yeah. There we yeah, go. That's, that's yeah, that Number was 15. interesting. Well, he's saying he got hit in the chin. And he did. I thought he did, too. I thought he took straight contact, but it just was, uh, wasn't noticed by the officials.
2: Right. So it was bang, bang. He got hit in the face. And they called the flop, and the commentators are like, "Yeah, based on the replay, that doesn't look like a flop at all." <laughs> so, like, I know. Think about it. And, and you get a free throw, you get possession. Uh, again, I like the idea of it, but man, there's going to be some controversy with this, Brian. Thing.
4: What, what would you do? Would you take the 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 one free throw out, or what, what would you? What would be the? Uh, no, I, I would keep it the way they have it. Okay,
2: I would. It's not going to be perfect. Yeah, I think things are going to be better. I think you got to look at things. Are they better? Because, like, take replay for instance. A lot of people confuse this, Kerry. Where it's never going to be perfect, but is it better right. than not having replay? So I think it's the same thing with the flopping penalty. You got to have a penalty with some punch. It can't be a five thousand dollar fine. You know right, what I mean? Right. If you attach a free throw to it, that's a legit penalty, and that will slow down how much you see flopping occur. So I think they've got it right. It's just going to lead to some controversy. That's all.
4: 100%. Do you, I got one question. Do you, is there is there a, a review process that goes along with it, or is it just uh, a judgment call?
2: I think there should be. Yeah. Based on that game yeah. that, that you just heard the audio yeah. from, the main commentator said, no, there's not going. it's not going to be reviewable. Okay. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if that's the case. I think that's a bad setup. If it's, <laughs> it's <not> re- <laughs> like, imagine if this is a playoff game yep. and w- it's nip and tuck, we're tied down the stretch, and there's a flopping call, and you can't review it or challenge it? I, I would think you'd have <laughs> to be able to.
4: That's going to slow the game down even more, Woo! and that would be the one thing that would be a negative with it. That's, that's what I was trying to figure out, because if you have to start – replaying this as well, then that's just going to slow the game down.
2: What do you think about that, too? That's the other big change. You get a second challenge. Well, I should say they're going to vote on this this week. It's expected to pass, where teams would get a second challenge if their first one is correct. Right. I mean, I got to be honest with you. I don't love it. Oh, you don't love that one? I don't love it. I know I'm in the minority on this one, but (laughs) I look at it like this, Carrie. They haven't gotten all the bugs worked out. With the first go around here. Right. You know, these challenges take way too long. I don't know why the officials on the floor are turning around a monitor for them to look at it. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. They should grab a, a headset and Sakakis right. should figure it out. Right. And they tell the officials what the call is. It takes way too long. They've got that goofy green light that's still blinking after they've <laughs> determined whatever the call is and the guy's taking free throws. Like, and now we're adding more of it. I think you got to streamline it first get the bugs worked out, and then start expanding it. But if you don't have the bugs worked out, I don't know why you're expanding it.
4: Uh, I'm against you on this one, B. I, I, know, I, yeah. I, <laughs> I really think if you get the, the first one correct, you shouldn't lose your challenge. So I'm in the majority on that one. I think it's a a, a good rule, but I agree with you. I mean, they do have some stuff to get worked out. Yeah. and I, it, And if you're going to the replay booth, there should be a – You know, a a team of people like you said in Secaucus that that kind of you know, bring that judgment in and you move on and keep, and get going. Not yeah. all the referees having to look at it because that makes no sense at all.
2: I don't get that yeah. at
4: all. Yeah. Wait,
2: it's so outdated. <laughs> I
4: know. It's like, I want to go see it next. Can I see the monitor as well? <laughs>
2: <laughs> For any official in 2023 to go to the scorer's table, grab a monitor, flip it around, right. and start watching replays. Like, why? <laughs> they, they don't do that in baseball. MLB actually has this worked out right where right. if a play is challenged – There aren't umpires on the field that are looking at any monitor. They're not doing – they're grabbing a headset and they're being told what the call is from somewhere else. That's the way it should be in the NBA.
4: I agree. I agree on that one for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. All right, we got a lot to do here. We got some ball to discuss. Kerry Rhodes – ball means football, of course, in my book. We got some (laughs) some ball topics here. Uh, Hoops as well. Hoops on the mind. Coming up next, a little bit of a hodgepodge. Is this man already – the most scrutinized player in his sport. We'll look at a couple of sports uh, while we're at it. I'm Brian Though He's Kerry Rhodes. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch
3: all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
1: Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball.
2: I'm Brian Noh. He's Kerry Rhodes here on Fox Sports Radio. We're coming to you live from the TireRack.com studios. We're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. So uh, quite the reaction to Victor Wembinyama's summer league debut Kerry Rhodes, <laughs> that sentence just sounds ridiculous. Huge reaction to his summer league debut, but that's exactly what we have here. He scored nine points. He was two for 13 from the field. Uh, so not a, not a great debut. He even, this is uh, what caught headlines. After the game, he had this to say. Honestly, I, d- I didn't
5: really know what I was doing on the court tonight, but uh, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, I'm trying to learn for the next
1: games and uh, the important is to be ready for for the season.
2: I don't know what I was doing on the court. (laughs) Hey, look, man, he's 19 years old. You got to give it a little bit of time. He got a bunch of flack from the photo shoot where he missed a bunch of jumpers, and he's just under the microscope like crazy. The first part of this is take a deep breath, give it some time. He's 19 years old. He's not going to be a finished product right out of the gate. I I have no issue with him struggling to begin with, and I'm not freaking out about it whatsoever.
4: right he's um a guy that you know he was super hyped coming in I mean he's the the second coming of you know LeBron and all these people have had these conversations about him being the the highest rated prospect coming into the league since LeBron right so that's going to be there I think the summer league is obviously a setup for a guy like him where he's played in a league that is different than this one and so you, you come into this game it's a little bit more physical obviously and you know it's, he just needs to settle down and play basketball, man. I saw a conversation where he was he was having uh, a conversation with um, Carmelo in in the tunnel, and Carmelo said, "Man, just enjoy Vegas and play basketball. Just hoop, mm-hmm. take out take out all the other things, all the other uh, you know distractions, and just play. I mean, you're the number one player for a reason, so just do that, man. And I think he'll be fine. But it sucks when your first game <laughs> over yeah. over here." is that and so i mean it could have been the second game and it wouldn't have been it probably wouldn't have been a problem but the fact that it was the first one makes it tough
2: it is interesting right where you think about whatever your first job like first major job was right. chances are the scrutiny wasn't as great for, for most people that would be the case they aren't as highly touted as victor Wembanyama. they might have an occupation that a lot of people don't don't view or or watch or pay much attention to where even if it's a, like a, like a, let's take radio for instance, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to get absolutely crushed for just <laughs> like one shaky show. You know what I mean? So
4: Brian, it depends w- on what you say.
2: Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess the door can be open <laughs> slightly right there, but chances are more than not that, whatever the equivalent of a summer league performance is, it's not going to be dissected the way it is with Wembenyama. This is just, it comes with the territory. Now, this is the heart of the the conversation, Kerry. Do you think that Wembenyama already is the most scrutinized NBA player? Now, it's not just the here and now, but we're anticipating when the regular season rolls around. And it might sound like knee-jerk, but I think he is. Who else... Put it this way. If LeBron goes out there and is 2-for-13 in his first game, it's going to get a lot of talk. There'd be other stars where there'd be a lot of talk. But with Wembenyama being brand new, not knowing for sure that he's a can't-miss stud. He's got can't-miss hype, but we don't know for sure that he's a can't-miss stud yet until he proves it. So I don't think there's another player where we would react the same way and be like oh my gosh and some people are thinking the heavens are falling I think he's more scrutinized than anybody right now
4: to be honest I I, I would agree with that and I would agree with that solely for the reason that we're in an age now where everything's magnified anyway we're in this social media area era where even LeBron when he came in as hyped as he was you know we had to covers all the things social media st- social media still wasn't as rampant as it is now so I mean, there were people that didn't know who LeBron was. I feel everybody in the yeah. world right now knows who this kid is. He's a 19-year-old kid that's coming over to the States that's supposed to be basketball's savior, right? This new guy that can change the game. And, you know, obviously we've seen other players, I feel, that are in that same mold with him. But, you know, the projection that he's getting, the 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 words and, and all the accolades that he's already kind of Coming over here will with built in. It's it's going to be tough for him, and I I agree with that.
2: Yeah, I think uh, if you expand that and think about some of the players that are highly scrutinized on the short list of more most scrutinized players, mm-hmm. think about what we see now with the Phoenix Suns. You know, with Kevin Durant, is is he going to be able to win a championship? Bradley Beal comes over there. I think when John ja Morant comes back from suspension, right, he's going to be highly highly scrutinized. Anthony Davis is always highly scrutinized <laughs> yes, with the Lakers. Is. So there are a lot of players that are definitely under the microscope. But, man, I just think that that spotlight is as bright as it can be with Wembin because there's that unknown. And, and when we're talking about the regular season, when that rolls around, I think it's just going to carry forth. Because yeah. it's one thing for Wembenyama to get dunked on by Kai Jones, <laughs> whoever that guy is. Right. Right? Like, right? It's another thing for him to get dunked on by a known dude, like a known commodity. And that's just going to get even more headlines. So, yeah, I think Wembenyama, he is going to be talked about and looked at closer than anybody else for the first, at least half of the regular season. If the Spurs fall out of contention and, and we start – Paying as close attention. I could see that happening, but at least for the first half initially, I think he's the guy.
4: Brian, we live in a world now where people want to see people fall and fail, right? So if you get put on the pedestal, they're always trying to nip and tuck at that to bring you down. So he's in that position right now. And I, to be honest, if he had a, a pretty good year this year and averaged 18 points in nine rebounds, he'd be a failure. So that's how high the bar is. And so yeah. it's it's going to be tough for him.
2: Man, and how about this too? Greg Popovich, he'll be coaching Weminyama for the next five years. At least he got a five-year extension, Pop did. Mm-hmm. And we're talking to the tune of more than $80 million. The, the funny thought I had was, is this the NBA's way of saying we can't have Monty Williams as the highest paid head coach? I mean, good <laughs> Lord. He just got fired by the Suns. He's coaching the Pistons. Right. Monty Williams got a six-year, uh, $78.5 million deal. Now Pop gets five years, $80-plus million But how about Pop? It looked like... They missed the playoffs for the last four seasons after making it 22 straight years, Kerry, mm-hmm. And it looked like, okay, his career is sort of going to fade off. And then they win the lottery, and now they have Wembenyama, and now he's got a new five-year extension. Pop has a legitimate chance to walk on out of the NBA on a high note. I don't know if it's winning a championship high note, but if binyama is the real deal, that is not out of the question.
4: Oh, no question. I mean, if history – repeats itself I mean when they got Tim Duncan they changed their franchise with pop and I'm sure they're you know bringing that same philosophy on board with with this pick as well and you know we've seen what he can do we've seen what he can do with teams that are aging and all the things so I mean he's such a great coach and he's one of the best and best to ever do it this is going to be a tall challenge the west is totally different it's not as wide open as it used to be meaning there are so many really 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 good teams and ahead of them right now but In a five-year span, there's no telling what those guys can do. And, you know, they'll start getting – adding on to what they have and and move forward. But, yeah, I wouldn't put anything past pop as far as succeeding.
2: No doubt. I wouldn't put anything past our own Monsi Bolaños. Me neither. As far as (laughs) likely to succeed. You know what I mean? And she's (laughs) going to do it again right here. Monsi Bolaños with the latest.
5: Guys, hello. Happy Sunday. Happy to be hanging out with you. And uh, your Cardinals won.
2: About time. Good
5: <laughs> You know, I, I don't normally mention a last place team when they're going to win. But if I'm uh, working with you, Brian, I'm going to mention it. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, that. I got you. Yes. They beat the White Sox 4-3 in 10 innings. I mean, oh. listen, we got to mention it. Well, it was also extra innings, right? But we have to mention the Rays because they snapped a seven-game losing streak. They beat the wow. best team in baseball, the Braves. 10-4 to four was the final score. But Atlanta does have a new franchise record. They have homered in 26 straight games and I'm not surprised about that the way they're hitting and scoring, it's like, yeah, that sounds accurate. But they did lose today. The Brewers, they edged the Reds 1-0. So Milwaukee is now one game back of Cincinnati for the top spot in the NL Central. The Marlins had a 7-3 victory over the Phillies. But what we really care about is their second baseman, Luis Arraez. How is his batting average? He went 0 for 4 today. So his batting average is 383. Oh, so low. Come on, Luis. You got to get up there. <laughs> that is not what we want. Currently going on in Major League Baseball the Pirates are beating the Diamondbacks 3-2 top of the 6th inning in Arizona. Manny Machado launched a 3-run homer and the Padres are beating the Mets at home 3-0 top of the 5th inning. Giants holding on to a 1-run lead over the Rockies 1-0 bottom of the 7th inning. In the NBA we're talking about Greg Popovich. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. The winningest coach in NBA history has a new 5-year deal with the San Antonio Spurs worth more than $80 million. Mm. Greg for president. Pop for president. Mm. That's what I'm going to say. Bleacher Report is saying that Isaiah Thomas is setting up a private workout for multiple NBA teams in Las Vegas tomorrow. Mark Medina just tweeted, we love him here at Fox Sports Radio, that Rob Polinka, he's currently at in Vegas, probably talking to Rob Polinka right now, but apparently the Lakers are looking to add an additional center to their roster. They currently only have two open spots. Let's check in with Wimbledon. Novak Djokovic won his first set, and he's currently uh, tied right now in his second set at six games apiece uh, in a tiebreaker. So he's having a, a tougher time in this match, round of 16. But earlier today, just Pagula, she dominated her round. She's headed to the quarterfinals, and so did Iga Swiatek. Also, yep, they're both headed. To, I know, I know they're headed to
2: the I had to, her in my parlay months. <laughs> did you? No, I didn't. Oh, I you should have, because she's <laughs> awesome. She's actually
5: really, really good. So they're both headed over there. And checking in right real quick, John Deere Classic. Today is the final round. Sepstraka is in the lead at twenty-one under par. Brendan Todd is only two shots back, tied for second place with Alex Smalley. Guys. It's a busy day, even though it's not. We're in an off-season, but it's kind of busy. Back to you guys.
2: <laughs> it's a busy day, although it's not. It's not. not. I hear you. It you does. It I makes mean? perfect sense. I absolutely yes. know what you're saying right like there. Like, yeah. I
5: still didn't tell you everything. But, what about, you know, I'm not going to be here for 10 minutes. I still didn't tell you everything. I got more to say later. But, you know, we'll check in later. No
2: doubt. And we'll check in here in about, what, 15 minutes? Not oh. even. According, according to monster There we go. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, she's ready. <laughs> you ever See, you know, you ever watch like the Triple Crown? You see the horse races there, uh, Carrie. Yes, sir. You ever see the horses in like the starting gate? And, and sometimes they're a little bit wild. They're a little, and they're like whoa, 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 it's, whoa, 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 like, and they're just go, like moving around. I feel like that's Monty right before, according to Monty. <laughs> oh you know no, what no, what no. She's, she's ready
4: to <laughs> freaking. Roll. She is rolling right now. Yeah. Yes. No, no, no. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't didn't even have coffee
5: today. (laughs) Imagine if I did.
4: Oh, man, yeah. Who
5: knows what I would have said to you, Brian and the other. I don't know.
4: Yeah, I was like,
2: (laughs) I can't even repeat it. (laughs) I was like, uh, off air, I'm like, hey, we're doing according to Monty today, right? Mm -hmm. And. Andrew Dice she Clay. Took
1: my, she took my mic. I
2: did. Oh, my. Dice Clay doesn't have a mouth the way Monsi <laughs> bolanos does. Holy cow. She took my oh, mic wow. deal.
6: Yeah,
5: so you should be more impressed that I handle it so well when my mic is on. It's all that's of a sudden, right. like in my brain. It's it, a switch. It's a switch. It's a switch. It's yep. like, stop it. No more.
4: It is Tasmanian up until. Up until. Next, and up until. Got right. It. That's right. Got right. It. Absolutely right. Absolutely yep. right.
2: Uh, thank you, Monsi. Yeah. It's Brian No and <laughs> Kerry Rhodes here on Fox Sports Radio. We're coming to you live from the TireRack.com studios. I was thinking about this too, Kerry, where you think about when Binyama making his summer league debut mm-hmm. and when the regular season rolls around, who he's going up against and how difficult that's going to be. Where you think about in the West, guys like Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think about locking horns with a player from the Eastern Conference and Joel Embiid, who's the reigning MVP. Think about a guy like Carl Anthony Towns in the West, right? Like that dude's a skilled player. Yeah. It's going to be really tough. And so if you expand that and you think about the NFL, I think the toughest thing to do is to be a a rookie quarterback and to try to hit the ground running. But what would be the second toughest position in your mind to be where it's like, Hey, you're a left tackle coming out. Black Nick Bosa. You know what I mean? Like black miles Garrett. Oh, you're a, a cornerback. Okay. Uh, lock down Tyreek Hill or Jamar Chase or whoever, you know what I mean? Like right. what would you say is the second toughest position to enter the NFL as a
4: rookie you know, you and, just, and try to thrive? You just named it. It's the cornerback. Yeah. You Especially in this day and age right now, the game is so wide open. Uh, they're being put on, on islands, so to speak, and, you know, they got to learn really fast. And so – Definitely that. I would say corner. Um, obviously, you can just tell them to go lock a man up or lock a side up if you have a really good guy like a sauce gardener. Right. That came in last year, really ready to play. But it doesn't work for everybody that way. And I think, um, you know, the expectations with those guys coming in, you know, having those monikers or being labeled as a lockdown guy to come into the league and try to do that on a consistent basis is just it's it's a it's a super tough ask and, and it doesn't happen, you know, with them by themselves, obviously. There it's a defensive game plan and a defensive scheme, but you know, that position you have to go out and make plays and make stops on a on a regular basis, and it's hard to do.
2: Man, and think about that too, where you mentioned him, Sauce Gardner. Right. He comes in, he was on the all pro team. <laughs> you know, like he, he's not just a pro bowler, he's yeah. on the even more elite all pro team as a rookie. That that's insane the level that he competed at with the Jets last season, and they had both off. They had the offensive rookie of the year in Garrett Wilson and the defensive rookie of the year in Sauce Gardner. Like that, that is a win win for Joe Douglas to GM over there.
4: They're going to be really good, man. Those guys are, and 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 they seem to still be hungry as well. I I know when you see a lot of guys have that immediate success, it's kind of hard to stay humbled and especially for those guys there in New York City which you, you know I know I have a little experience with that right uh-huh. I know how how fun that can be and if I can toot my own horn for one second you know I was a all pro player in my second year so I got a taste of what that feels like and so I, I know that for a guy like Sauce man he's being you know hanging out with Jessica Alba at the garden and stuff like that so just <laughs> being able to stay level-headed and, and come out and perform after that it's going to be it's going to be exciting to see how he has that second year bounce Man, back I'll tell season.
2: you what. Life is good when you're an NFL All-Pro as a rookie mm-hmm. and you're like, I didn't even know who Jessica Alba yeah. was. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, Sauce, I do. I, yeah, know, right. I know him. <laughs> we, I feel like we all do. Exactly. Sauce was in the dark on that one. Yeah. But, man, that was that was hilarious. I, real fast, going back to your glory days, Kerry, from your your rookie year, especially the beginning of your rookie year. Right. Compared to your second year, being all bro, your second year is a great accomplishment. Right. But what was it like year two compared to year one and just trying to not only fit in, right. but be a playmaker?
4: Yeah, year one was very, very interesting. I In the preseason, I was all world. Obviously, we're playing against guys that are, you know, rookies coming in or guys that are trying to scrap to make the team. And so I was – I saw my level. I knew I was good enough on that level to perform. I performed really well. I, I think I led the NFL in interceptions in the preseason. I had like three. So I was like, this is gonna be easy. <laughs> <laughs> Week one, we played the Kansas City Chiefs in the arrowhead, and that's when they were humming. I mean, Tony Gonzalez, Priest Holmes, Larry Johnson, all the big the big front, all the guys, Larry Allen, all those guys up front. And I was scared. I was like, this isn't the same. <laughs> I mean I made I made the uh, I was a first team all rookie team. I, did, I made that, but my my performance wasn't on that same level. So I, I knew coming into the second season, I just had to really study the game. I knew athletically I could do it, but now I had to get to that mental approach where hmm. I was a step ahead of those guys. and so really just focus on the mental part of it, really studying, really knowing my opponents and came back in that second second season and, and, and thrived.
2: No, man, that's great. I, yeah. I'll pick your brain throughout the show because sure. I have uh, 75 at least follow-up questions to what you just laid <laughs> out right there. But uh, a little bit later next hour, we'll get to, I thought this was interesting. Richard Sherman, uh, the former cornerback, he said he knew when it was time to retire. Mm-hmm. He was guarding Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver Devontae Smith. So you'll hear the audio, but I, you know, when you think about your welcome to the NFL moment, and you're i need to leave the nfl moment <laughs> you know like which which is more sobering we'll get to that next hour we are all fired up for according to monsi oh coming up next she'll have three subjects she will have three strong opinions <laughs> and we will see if we disagree if we disagree if uh, we can make a better argument or she can be swayed at all chances are probably not but we'll see how it unfolds that's on the way. I'm Brian No. He's Kerry Rhodes. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No. He's Kerry Rhodes here on Fox Sports Radio. I have inside sources, Kerry, that have informed me that you are rocking out to some Britney Spears
4: right now. Uh oh. That is correct. That um, is, you know. Something's gonna happen. <laughs> okay, yeah, a little bit, a little bit there.
2: <laughs> uh, hey, by the way, before we uh, get to our award-winning segment here in just a second, what did you make of the whole Wembenyama security detail and the Britney Spears? Did you see the video of
4: that? I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. It's unfortunate, actually. I mean, he's not; those guys weren't trying to to, to cause any bodily harm to Miss Spears and you know obviously she was excited to to meet him and you know so many others are as well but it was just unfortunate more than anything um yeah britney's going through enough right now and you know wimbanyama Wim has so much going on too so let's kind of get get away from that i think hopefully she's okay and let's move on
2: yeah yeah i hope she's all right and you know i get it yeah, you shouldn't be smacking people around but i don't know that's what it was you know, she ran up on Wemby and kind of tapped him on the on the back and a security person kind of put their arm out. I, I don't know if that was just a backhanded slap to the face. It was kind of like a whoa, 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 that type of thing. But yeah, I, I don't think, think there are going to be any charges and we yeah. move on with life basically, Absolutely. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we move on to this. Let's dive in some According to Monsi.
5: Crazy.
2: <laughs> and now it's time for.
3: Absolutely.
5: Not, it's not going to be pretty.
2: According to Monsi. I
5: love it.
2: Okay, according to Monsi the focus is on the wrong rookie in the NBA. According to Monse.
5: Yes, that's yeah. double down on that. Guys, all I've been hearing about is Victor Wenbanyama, a little bit of Scoot Henderson, and a little bit of Brandon Miller, who actually was just 4 of 17 playing against the Lakers. I agree with what you were saying that Wenbanyama is being way too criticized for one game in Summer League. 100% I agree with that, but that's not really the point that I'm trying to make. I just don't get how we are not talking about Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren is Seven, one. Chet Holmgren has been watching the NBA from the sideline for one whole season. And his first game back in Salt Lake, the first like, start of the uh, summer league, it wasn't great. I think he airballed a very close like finger roll. He got in the groove. And by now, you could see that sitting on the sideline has really... Progressed his game just by doing nothing. He's also put on weight. He, you can see a little bit of more muscle. I think when he came into the league, he was under 200 pounds. Now he's over 200 pounds. His performance last night in Las Vegas five of 10 shooting, 16 points, 10 rebounds, three assists, two steals. He also had a very LeBron esque block from behind on a drive. And I don't know how we are not talking about him when he is a 7 1 footer. Victor Wembanyama, 7 5. But this guy is very similar and everything we're saying Wemby can do. Chet Holmgren can do that as well. And here we are, not mentioning him. When I'm calling it now, he's going to be the rookie of the year.
4: Hmm. Wow.
3: According to Monse.
4: What do you think, Brian? <laughs>
2: you know, uh, I get it. I get. Maybe we're sleeping on Chet a little bit too much. I, I'm totally down with that. But there's no way he should be more hyped up than Wemby Nyama. You, you
4: know? Uh, you know what? I, I actually... Uh, I, I agree with Monty a little bit here. <laughs> it's one of those things where, you know, like the the, the, the um, Ben Simmons and the NB thing, when they, they have that year to sit and really get that uh-huh. that NBA game under the belt, and, you know, they come out swinging year two, ready to go. So she has a point there. Yeah. I,
2: I think, hey, listen, I might bet on Chet because she's got a point. <laughs> but the best prospect since LeBron, that's Wemby. It's not Chet. And he was banged up all last season. He's a little bit too much out of sight, out of mind. So I get why he's not overhyped. But substance-wise, yeah, I'm going to look at that rookie of the year
4: market. I'll tell you that much, though. Absolutely. <laughs> well, according to Monsey.
3: According to Monsey.
4: <laughs> Bo Benson is on to something.
6: That's right, Bo. Take it away. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yesterday, uh, during the Jonas Knox show, uh, Jonas was talking about the uh, the power of Las Vegas as a sporting city and how this effing guy, everybody needs to get out there. The NBA, the MLB, the Oakland A's are obviously going to move there soon. Uh, I have a theory that the NBA is ready to pounce, and I know exactly how it's going to happen. That sounded really inappropriate. Yeah, LeBron James. <laughs> LeBron James is going to retire in two years. He is going to join an ownership group with himself, Rich Paul, Magic Johnson. uh, I believe Michael Jordan just sold his share of the uh, Charlotte Hornets. You're going to see a coalition of guys group together, buy a team, get them into Vegas, and then you're going to have an NBA team in Las Vegas, and because of that, you're going to have an NBA team in Seattle bringing the Supersonics back. Uh, you can thank me when this all happens in two years' time. <laughs> God, I guarantee you that's what's going to happen. I was like, go we're going to put this on, on the guy.
5: record. I was like, we're going to put it on the record. You're going to do according to Monsi and say all this. Uh, no. so,
2: are, are we going to see MJ and LeBron go into ownership? I think so. At, of the same according
3: team? According to Monsi. Yep, I
6: think so.
4: Huh. Okay, I'm a little moist right now. Where did you get this information, boy? It sounds like you might be you might have a pipeline of information. No, just to
6: it, I. You just it's it's reading the tea leaves. We all know <laughs> LeBron His sources that he made it up. LeBron wants to own a team in Vegas. He's always talked about Vegas, and uh, that'll be around the time that Bronny and and Bryce are are getting ready to be in the NBA. So it uh,
2: it tracks little tag team according to Moncy, right mm-hmm. there. I mm-hmm. like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. According to Monsey
6: Alright, real quick here. According to Monsey, the WNBA is doing something right. You
2: guys,
5: I just went to a Las Vegas Aces game thinking that there was going to be six of us in the crowd and that I was going to be able to talk to Candace Parker. It was a sold out crowd. Sold <laughs> out. There were even chants like in the fans. Like there's a little culture going on. Guys, WNBA, you Wait, go.
2: Were they chanting Monsi? I wish. Monty, I wish. Monty. I wish. <laughs> is this the most thrilling man in the sport. The most thrilling man in the entire sport. We will compare notes coming up here. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help get you there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com the way tire buying should be. Man, Carrie. so there's this guy Ellie De La Cruz for the Cincinnati Reds. And he is a highlight machine. And he stole home yesterday. Reds won yesterday. They lost today. <laughs> they lost one nothing. But yesterday, he stole second, stole third, and then stole home. He stole his way around the bases, which is unreal. And this is the way it sounded on Bally Sports Ohio. Now listen to the call of him stealing home. The description got me thinking. Here it is. The most thrilling man in baseball. Okay, so we'll look around the the sports landscape here. We'll go baseball, we'll turn it to the NFL, we'll look at the NBA. The most thrilling, not necessarily the best, not necessarily the top guy, but the most thrilling. When I think of that, I think, if I'm going to the game, who's going to make me say, wow, the most, right? Who is that guy? would you say it's Ellie De La Cruz? Or would you go with a guy like Shohei Otani or anybody else? If you're looking at baseball, who is the most thrilling man in the
4: sport? He he is thrilling, 100%. You don't see that often in the game anymore. You, you know, like if you take it back to somebody that I would compare De La Cruz to at the moment, it would be like a Ricky Henderson, right? I mm-hmm. mean, Ricky Henderson was in the game and in his prime – you were paying to watch him play. I mean, you know that he could change the game, even if he's having a bad day at the plate. If he gets a walk and gets on base, it's, it, it's trouble for the opposing team, right? So that's kind of the feel I get with Cruz. But it's, it's definitely Otani. I mean, the stuff that he's doing right now from a pitching standpoint and right. from the batting standpoint, it's just we haven't seen that. So I would definitely go Otani when it comes to overall exciting.
2: I would too. I would go with Otani because think of it this way. It's a close race, I believe, because De La Cruz is
4: electric. 100%.
2: (laughs) He really is. But I'm thinking if I go to the game, I might be able to find a player that can hit like De La Cruz, that can steal home like De La Cruz, that can do it with the flair of De La Cruz. I can see that with with some other players, right? right? There's nobody doing what Shohei Otani is doing. And especially if you go to the game on a day where he's pitching and hitting, and doing it with style, that that's just—it's unprecedented. He just got to a hundred hits this year, so he's got a hundred hits and over a hundred strikeouts. He's done that the last three seasons, wow. this one included. No one's ever done that in the history of the game.
4: <laughs> like, he seems like the kid that was just better than everybody since he was since he was. Too. You know, like he's he has that aura about him, even though he's very chill, and he's not like one of those guys that um, he's he's walking around trying to get the attention. He's just really good at everything he does, and so to see it kind of manifest on a daily basis, every time he's up to play, it's 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 remarkable.
2: Yeah, it is. Uh, both those players, they're great for baseball. We could put it that way. Yes, sir. Where MLB is winning big time with uh, Shohei, Ellie De La Cruz. Man, and we just talked about a little bit in the first hour how difficult it is to hit the ground running when you become a pro. Mm -hmm. We talked about that with the NFL, the toughest positions, quarterback, cornerback, to go from college to thriving immediately in the pros. Man, you think about facing big league pitching for Ellie De La Cruz, and he's been sensational so far. He's hitting well over 300 in his first 30 games as a 21-year-old, you know? Yeah. And for Shohei to not just face big league pitchers when he's hitting, but to face big league hitters while he's pitching, that that is mind-blowing type stuff right there. How about the NFL, Kerry, if we look there? Again, not the best quarterback or player, but the most thrilling. Who's the guy that, if you go to the game, he's going to make you say, wow, the most or the loudest? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, um, you know... Who would you pay to watch in person? That type of thing. Who would you say is the most thrilling? Oh
4: man, that's a tough one. Um, the most thrilling. I'm gonna have to go with with my little protege and 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 my all um, you know my alma mater buddy. Um, that's Lamar Jackson, right? Yeah, if he's if yeah. he's if he's healthy, he's must see TV. He's somebody that can, you know, take a a, a normal shotgun snap and take 80 yards on the run and also can do that in the air as well and so He'd be the guy that I would go pay to watch a football game with, even though I don't have to do that. That would be the one that I would do it to <laughs> Wait a minute. You don't have to pay for
2: any game,
4: Kerry? No. No. No, no. Do you
2: have the hookup for non NFL players like me? That's what I really need to know.
4: Brian, do. we'll right. discuss off the air. Okay, well. <laughs> I don't want people calling so then, me saying, Give me tickets. So yeah, right. We'll uh,
2: okay, you go, you go see this guy, John. Just tell him you're Ex- Gary Rhodes. Exactly. I right. yeah, right. <laughs> will be fine. I had two different Dudes on my list, Kerry. Yep. I had Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. And yep. I'm not saying these are the only two thrilling players in the league. There are lots of them. You could go with a guy like Tyreek Hill. Is a thrilling wide receiver. There are plenty of talented dudes. I-, I would go Patrick Mahomes, and I think that's number one. I would probably put Lamar Jackson number two, mm-hmm. just in terms of thrilling. Yep. You're going to see something that those guys are going to do. Where Mahomes is going to drop his arm, he's going to create something. He's going to do a pirouette. He's going to do a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar skyhook yep. to Clyde Edwards-Allaire. It's going to be like, how did he do that? So yeah, I look at Mahomes, I'd put him number one. But in terms of just the playmaking, raw athleticism of Lamar Jackson, yeah, I think those guys are one two in the thrilling
4: uh, category. Yeah, I had Pat, I had Pat number two. I mean, and, and it can go either way. It's not a, uh, I don't think it's. we should probably say one, a one B either one, either one, you'll pay to go see. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes is the best player in the league right now. And he's been that way. I mean, for the last three, four years. And so, yeah, I mean, he's the guy that you want to, you would pay to go see as well.
2: How about defensive players where you think about Micah Parsons? Mm -hmm. uh, You think about Nick Bosa is a lot of fun to watch. Aaron Donald, Aaron Donald, for sure. Sauce Gardner, if you're looking for a, a defensive back, yep. Um, Man, I think Micah Parsons is – he's an absolute – he's like the Tasmanian devil. We were talking about that too. He is a defensive Tasmanian devil out
4: there. Ryan, the the one thing – I've talked about this for like the probably last five years or so, but Aaron Donald is the best defensive player I've I've ever seen. Yeah, And and I've been around some good ones, right? I've been around some Hall of Famers. So to see what he can do on a daily basis and see how much havoc he wrecks on offenses, it's just – I've never seen it before. And so, you know, he's one of those guys that whenever he hangs it up, he'll be in the Hall of Fame right away, and we'll remember the stuff that he did during his time playing forever.
2: Yeah. If we turn it to the NBA, present day, we're all looking at present day stuff. I probably should have said that initially. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> but that's a, I'm glad you picked up what no, I was I putting got it. down no, right there. But yeah, just to, in today's NBA, when we're looking at thrilling players, again, not necessarily the best but either just raw athleticism, skill is off the charts. There's something, there's just an eye-catching element to them where you say, wow, who would be that guy for you in the NBA?
4: I mean, it's it's kind of tough to say it right now with all the stuff that he's going through, but that's that has to be John Morant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, every time he plays, he's doing something ridiculous on the court, and his athleticism is just, it's not matched by any. And to say that, you know, about a league that's full of athletes to say that he's the top athlete is just, you know, when you can single out somebody in that field as being the top athlete, you know, they're doing something <laughs> exciting. So that's, that's him.
2: No, you're right about that. When you, the most athletic <laughs> NBA player, that's yes. whoa. That's that, saying something. That, that is absolutely saying something. I, I think that Ja was on my list. The other dude I had at the top of my list was Steph Curry. Of course. Now, not the raw athleticism, obviously, but skill is off the charts. The three-point shooting, that ability. I, like, what he does, you see these pregame shooting routine videos? Mm-hmm. Like, some of the things that he's doing where he's literally not miss, missing a shot, and then at the end he'll, like, bounce the ball, and it will go, like, 30 feet in the air and go in and stuff like that. It's. I think that Steph Curry doing it also as long as he has. Yeah. And I think there's something there, too, where... If you go to the game, think of it this way. You go to a game, you're watching Steph Curry. There's something there. There's an element of like, this is a four-time champion. You know what I mean? Like, this is basketball royalty right. that I'm watching like historically and also tonight, like right here, right now. So I think that the skill of the, the dribbling ability mixed with the unbelievable three-point shooting ability I would put Steph Curry at the top of the thrilling list, but I totally hear you on John Morant. That dude, what he does finishing close to the rim and athletically, and yeah, actually shooting the ball a lot better in the playoff loss to the Lakers in that series loss. But man, if he can develop an outside shot mixed with what he has athletically, man, that guy is going to, and, and obviously get it straight off the court as well. Right, He's going to be even more unbelievable than he has been on the court so far,
4: Brian. I agree with you on Steph Curry too. I, you're right. I mean, there there is a an, an aura about him that, you know, we get we get. Um, I don't I don't think we get enamored enough by by it mm-hmm. as 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 a whole. But when you see him play, you know you're going to expect something, you know, something great to happen out of it, right? But let me throw one more person in, in that in that hat yeah. as well. I know a lot of people have their thoughts about him and feel a certain way about him, but another guy that's must-see TV when it comes to that is Kyrie Irving as well. Mm, yeah, the are right. The yeah. stuff that he does as a finisher, I mean, yep. it's like poetry watching them play.
2: It is. You know it's funny? I went to um, – it was a Mavs-Pacers game uh, this past season, and so Kyrie was there, and I was telling my girl, she's not huge into sports, I'm trying to convert her, Carrie. I'm doing everything I can. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I was telling her about Kyrie, and I'm like, this dude's game is beautiful. Like, it's poetry. And I'm like, he's a head case. Don't get me wrong. But, <laughs> yeah, no, <I'm> not. <laughs> <laughs> but his game is just gorgeous. And in that same game, a guy like Luka Doncic, he had this pass, Carrie, where I can't even do it justice. He was falling out of bounds. And he just whips the ball as he's falling out of bounds all the way along the baseline. Perfect pass, sets up a guy, he makes the shot. It was unreal. But I think that Kyrie is a little bit more thrilling because he's more athletic. Yeah, Uh, Jokic is thrilling also, but... He's a lot more boxy. You know what I mean? He doesn't have the raw athletic ability. He's a little bit more like a, a guard version of Jokic, you know, where those uh, yes. guys are so effective, but they don't have that that thrilling sort of like wow fact. More so Jokic than Luka, but I think you understand what I'm saying.
4: No, yeah, you're 100% right. I think there's um, – we talk about flash or – I mean, Luka has flash in this game. J- he Jokic, does. Jokic as well, but – the way yeah. it looks, and the right. way the and, and the way the the presentation is kind of put in your face with the with, right. the with the Kyrie or Ja Morant or Steph Curry, it's just a little different.
2: It is. It's so different. Think about how Ja blows by a defender. It looks so different than Luca. He'll make a move. He's quicker than it yes. looks. Yes, but he'll get you on the on his hip,
4: and it's a wrap. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> it's over. You know what it is, Brian. It's that whole effect of. The common person at home watching the game on TV, I think that some of them really believe that they can do what Luka or Jokic does because mm-hmm. it because it look it doesn't look as crazy. Right. But when you see a Steph or a Kyrie or a John Morant do what they do, no normal person at home thinks they can do that.
2: That's true. That, yeah, right. No, that's a good way to look at that. Um, but yeah, uh, good stuff. If you want to hit us up, feel free to do so at the no show at carry 25 roads. We're looking at the most thrilling players in each of the major sports, NBA, NFL, MLB. Uh, we would, my list would be. Shohei Ohtani, Patrick Mahomes, Steph Curry. Mm. You would go Shohei Ohtani, Lamar Jackson, John ja Morant. Those are two really good lists.
4: <laughs> <laughs> who'd, who'd win that in the three on three? Oh man, three on three like NBC yeah. show about just all all sports. Who'd win that?
2: I like that Ohtani <laughs> is facing himself. You know, because we have him on both of our lists. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I would go. I, I would go advantage me. It, it's advantage me because. Although Lamar Jackson is thrilling. Yeah. Now he's not close to Patrick Mahomes in terms of the numbers that he puts up and right. the consistency factor. It's the same thing with job ja versus Steph. Um, so if it's just thrilling, that's a different discussion. <laughs> but if it's, you know, like who would you start your team around? It's advantage. No, in that category, <laughs> Kerry, I got to be honest. I'll,
4: with give you I'll give you that. I'll give you that.
2: Hey, we will be exciting though. It'll be completely <laughs> exciting. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, we got to get to this guy. The good guy has gone full NWO. From face to heel, we'll dive into that. We are live here from the Tyrac.com studios. I'm Brian No, He's Kerry Rhodes. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No, He's Kerry Rhodes here on Fox Sports Radio. We're coming to you live from the TireRack.com studios. Now, would you rock this out or Britney Spears? He's
4: rocking more? out right now. Oh, it's not even close. No? Nope. Caribbean queen, yeah. <laughs> I don't know all the words right now. I know the co- I know the hook though. I know the. You hook. just do it, like you just do the melody and everybody knows. Oh
2: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, yeah.
4: It's get, be out, like, of, you get really out, out of know my
2: dreams word, but-
1: and get into my car. Yeah.
2: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, this is this is it right here. This is the jam. I got you, man. I got you. Now, uh, if it's between this Brittany, and say like. Uh, heavy metal band lamb of god does that mm. sway it to the lambs or no no
4: no way no, no this is just so smooth i can just see myself right now with a big fro and a thicker mustache and just you know <laughs> smoking a cigarette which i don't do but i just see it all i see that i it paints the picture very well you
2: know what i randomly thought of the former safety donovan darius yeah and he used to, he was a hard hitter, right? Yep, yep. I know you remember him, but of course he used to listen to classical music all the time before games and in his off time because it was so chaotic on the field. He just liked classical music. When you were getting ready to go on the field, what are you rocking out to?
4: The same thing. Really? Classical. But this isn't, you know, there's a lead up to that now. I will still listen to all my stuff and, you know, getting my, I guess, my juiced stage of Mm -hmm. you know the the, you know getting that adrenaline going but right before the game I listen to a little a little jazz a little classical music to calm down because again I was a I was a captain at the time and I had to relay so many messages on the field I wanted to be in control so yeah yeah for sure
2: man that's interesting I read a piece on Max Crosby just a couple of days ago Mm -hmm. and it was really interesting he talked about um, the like slowing down how that can benefit you where he said, as a young guy rushing the passer, you can get there, but it's like when you're about to sack the quarterback, you kind of freak out and you speed up too much. And he's like, as I've gotten a a few years under my belt, I've slowed down in those moments, and it's helped me actually sack the quarterback. It's just funny where we always talk about the speed of the game being so much faster in the NFL than it is in college, and it is. But we often overlook the times where it benefits you to slow down
4: it's that's the that's think about this Brian so you you hear about yeah the the speed of the game is fast but when you hear people that have success in any sport any field they're the ones that can slow it down yeah they're the ones that can you know obviously have done the work and the preparation before they get on the job and they're seeing things at a totally different speed than others so it doesn't mean the the physical game is slowed down as far as the pace or the speed but the way in the eyes of which we're seeing things, it's a little bit slower. So that's kind of the that would be the I guess the switch or the button that makes a a player that's teetering on being good, be, mm-hmm. you know, become great.
2: Yeah, think of another sport. Think about Jokic and how he just can't be sped up, and that's his strength. <laughs> like exactly. Kevin Durant talked about that. Like you just can't speed the guy up. He, he plays at his pace or Luca. Exactly. Luke plays at a slower pace, so yeah.
4: Brian, take it another another to another game, baseball, right? You have the flame thors that throw 100 miles per hour. It doesn't mean you're good. You see the yeah. guys that become really good at the game as the game progresses, and it progresses, and as their career moves forward, are the ones that can, you know, throw that 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 85 yeah. 85 miles per hour curveball that throw them off speed and just slow the game down. So, it 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 goes universally.
2: Amen. Okay, so Damian Lillard. He has gone from good guy to bad guy. If you're using a pro wrestling uh, <laughs> tie-in here. Or he's gone from face. He's been the guy that's Hulk Hogan. He's eating his vitamins. Mm. He's gone Hollywood Hogan here. He's joined NWO. <laughs> he's dyeing his beard a different color. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's, and, and listen, I was in Portland for three years doing local radio. I love Damian Lillard. Mm. That dude is an absolute warrior. He is a great leader. He has been so unselfish during his career. And now it's gone. uh, It's a total 180 because I get that he wants out of Portland. I understand that he wants to compete for a championship. They're nowhere near doing that right now. They have such a young, young roster. I have no issue with that. But history comes back to bite him here, Kerry, because he has made a lot of comments about other players joining teams, chasing a ring, and he's looked sideways at those guys. He's talked about Paul George being a chump for not putting in the <laughs> not embracing the grind and just going from team to team. And now he's doing that. And so that's what comes back to bite him, is he's looked sideways at other players hopping teams. Now he's about to hop teams. That's what's really doing him in. And I get why he wants to go. Right. But man, when you're commenting on other players doing that, it's a bad look now.
4: Yeah, it's one of those things. You're 100 percent right. I think with him what I kind of have kind of gathered, you know, during this process of all these, you know, reports coming out, like what of the reports, which are true. So for me, I don't, I I haven't really succumbed to him being the bad guy just yet, because I don't Mm -hmm. know what's being true and what's being, you know, fabricated. So for me, I'm going to wait a little bit on that. I obviously it looks like it's going to happen. He's going to be traded obviously, but What's true? I mean, you might know more about that than me, Brian. Like you said, you've been around the organization and him for a while. Do you think he's asking asking to just only solely go to Miami and all these reports are true, or is there some fabrication involved?
2: Yeah, well, that part of it, it sounds to be true. I mean, you're talking about Woj and the heaviest hitters are saying his agent, Aaron Goodwin, has told teams, if it's not the Miami Heat, right, you're trading for an unhappy player. So his agent has put the word out there that he wants to go to Miami and Miami alone. And that's a tricky thing because I get it, Kerry. If that's the spot he wants to go, I mean, okay. He just wants to go there. Why should he say, you know, I I want to go to Miami and Philly and I guess the Clippers would be cool too. Like if he just wants to go to Miami, that's where he wants to go. In the process, it really hurts the Blazers Mm -hmm you know in Mm -hmm. terms of their their value and what they can uh, get in terms of compensation it it definitely hurts them but that's advantage dame you know we've got to a point where they're divorcing yeah and you're looking out for number one right now the blazers are looking at the best deal they can get damian lillard is looking at the spot he wants to go Mm -hmm. and it's going to benefit him if the trade package is lessened why would he want a greater trade package that just hurts dame's ability to win a championship with his new team. So (laughs) it's a strategic move. It makes sense, but it's tough when he's been – his brand has been, I'm the guy who stays loyal. Mm -hmm. I'm loyal to the soil. I'm not looking to go elsewhere. And now he's going elsewhere, and he's hitting the gas. Like he's flooring it and saying, (laughs) I just want Miami. And that definitely hurts the Blazers in this whole process.
4: Yeah, it's one of those things where – you know the loyalty aspect of it. Again, we we can always talk about that and always say, you know, be loyal to the team, loyal to the grind, and and vice versa. But at the, at the end of the day, we're humans, and 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 you know the organizations are human being. I'm putting that, putting them lumping them in one human being category, and and the player is as well. And you know if you know Dame's been so loyal to them, and he feels that you know that should be justified and, and, and given back to him as well in this process, but I don't like the way he's putting the words or or allowing his agent to be his spokesperson. He's been his own spokesperson forever, and we've heard that, like you said. We've heard him say, I'm not running from the grind. I'm not that mm-hmm. guy, and now he has his agent speaking for him. That would be the only only thing that I would feel bad about this whole situation. If you're going to speak your your truth as as you have in previous year, speak your truth.
2: Yeah, and that's the other thing is, you know, uh, if you're embracing the grind, he's right. trying to join a team that was just in the finals.
4: Yeah, <laughs> like they, yeah. true. <laughs>
2: they've, they've been in the finals two of the past four years. They've yeah. been to the Eastern Conference finals all but one of those four years, right? So it's not like he's trying to join, say, like the Knicks or you know, like a team that wasn't in the finals that's right. trying to get there. Where He's trying to join the Miami Heat. So this is flying in the face of the brand for the last, you know, decade plus, or right? Like, this is a complete about-face of what he has been all about. And, like, again, Kerry, I get it. It's just, it's the past. It's the past of if he wasn't commenting on other players joining teams, I don't think this would land as badly as it is right now.
4: But the crazy thing about it, Brian, is, to be honest, if you look at the rosters of the Knicks and the Heat, Mm-hmm. I take the Knicks roster, though. Hey, so I, I mean, don't. So you know, I don't. He's not joining a super team. He's still gonna have to go and win. And that doesn't. I don't even think Dame going to Miami puts them over the top either. So there's. I don't. I, I don't necessarily see him as joining the super team, and I don't feel like it's something that's a guaranteed thing if he goes to either one. So there's a. There's, there's a lot of discussion about that one.
2: I hear you. Yeah. Trust me, I hear yeah, you. Yeah. That's what's. It's a perception versus reality thing. Right because you're right about the reality. Where Miami, they won 44 games and lost 38. Right. Right? That that's not a sparkling record. <laughs> like they were a play-in team. Right. They barely got into the playoffs and then they got hot and got to the finals. The rest is history. But it's the perception of mm-hmm. you're joining a team that was just in the finals. Right. And you're supposed to be the guy that, you know, is embracing the grind. That that's not you know, that's not from the playbook of embracing the, gr- the the grind. Is you demand a trade to the team that was just <laughs> in the finals? That so it's the perception versus the reality. You're right about the reality, but the perception is not on his side.
4: B Monty's having a, a mental conniption over there, so I, I'm Uh-oh. just re- relaying it. She's got some stuff to say. I think she's got
2: she's got something on her mind she, over here. Okay, is yeah. she turning colors? It
4: is she, I, it looks like it. Yeah, it I, I feel a little slightly. concerned. A little concerned. Okay. Yeah.
2: We got to find out what, what she's uh, what she's fired up about and get some information in the process. Monsi, what's going on here?
5: Brian, I will not take this Damian Lillard slander. I will not. Okay? He, I, I can't, everything you said, it's like I was just yelling over here by myself in my little room. He has done so much for Portland. He has done so much. You can say what he said about players going to other teams. Why does he have to keep being the nice guy? Why is it his responsibility when they've let him down year after year? Why does he have to keep being the nice guy? I don't get that. Also, the media really needs to be held responsible for the amount of pressure that they put on players over a ring. If you keep telling Damian Lillard, you don't have a ring, you're not good enough, you don't have a ring, What? Eventually, you know what I mean? He's going to be like, man, I need to get a ring. Like, I I just don't get why he has to continue being the bad guy or, excuse me, be the good guy, quote unquote, Mm. in this relationship. I don't get that.
2: No, I hear you. And listen, sometimes nice guys finish last. You know, I I want Dame to go elsewhere and to have a better chance to win a championship because he deserves it. Mm -hmm. He has been sensational since he stepped foot in the NBA and they haven't been as loyal to him as he has been Exactly. To them. But Exactly. the past comes back to bite him, Monty. Okay, if he's looking sideways and being like, Paul George, you're a chump for hopping teams. It's like, Dame, that's funny because you're hopping teams right now, buddy. And like, that like, yup, comes yep, back to bite you. Yep, I yeah, I am. I'm joining everybody else.
5: Everybody else is doing it.
4: Brian, I'm actually scared over there. She is heating up, okay? I'm just letting you know that I feel it. I feel the fumes coming, and I was the one that was on her side.
5: I'm I just like, <laughs> I'm mad even if you even if you're right, oh he said this in the past, it's like everybody else is doing this. Everybody else and their mom is literally going for a ring however they can. And But who's
2: the one guy who's the other who's the other guy there, I should say? It, who's the I, other guy that has said, I don't like all this ring chasing super teams, like he's the guy. Yeah. He's the guy that has stood against that and said, I am loyal here, and now he's changing that. That's all I'm because, saying dude, is that comes you, back to bite you. I,
5: I, even if it does, though, I still don't see why he has to be the nice guy. I just don't – because it's like he did so much for this organization for as long as he could. And I actually don't want him to leave Portland. You know, I want him to be Dirk Nowitzki. I want him to be Kobe Bryant and play his entire career in Portland. That's really what I want. But I don't blame him for wanting to get out. Especially I don't either. We're on the same so, side, on that, on that, we're on the same side. We're totally I just, on the same I just, side. I just don't he think
2: – He needs a hot tub time machine. He needs a hot tub time machine and not comment on these other players going to other teams. You're allowed
5: to change your mind, especially when the media is critiquing you so much for not winning a championship. Nope, he
2: is (laughs) firmly in the... He is hypocritical No, it's not. It is not hypocritical. Not (laughs) at all. Not at all. It's
5: like he did. He's like, I actually put in my grind. I put in the work.
2: I'm looking up hypocrite in the dictionary (laughs) right now. It's a picture of (laughs) Damien Lewis. I swear,
5: if you were not so far away right now, (laughs) I would go find you.
4: And the caption says, (laughs) I embrace the grind.
5: (laughs) I (laughs) embrace. Yes. He did it. He did it. Everything. Ugh. What am I supposed to talk to you about now? I don't even know what's happening. Uh, the Mets are losing. The Mets are losing, yeah, yeah. yeah, but they're on the scoreboard, though. Thank you for that. You at least guided me into baseball. <laughs> they're at least on the scoreboard, but the Padres are up 6-2. to two. Manny Machado responsible for five of those six uh, runs you guys were talking about. Not the same, but I will say I, I hate Manny Machado. I hate him, but that dude looks so cool when he plays. The way he fields the ball, the way he looks so cool every time he plays. And I hate it because I hate him. <laughs> anyway, the Orioles have won five in a row. They dominated the Twins today. 15-2 to two was the final score. They hit seven home runs in the game, including Adley Rutschman, who hit a 461-foot bomb in the victory. Anthony Santander, two home runs. But, yeah, Orioles are definitely hot. Who is not hot? The Yankees. No bueno. Mm. They really do need Aaron Judge back. They lost to the Cubs in the Bronx today 7-4 and it's officially been announced that New York has fired their hitting coach Dylan Lawson so they, they think he's the problem It's not the problem. He's not the problem, guys. Let me tell you right now. It's not the problem. Nope, nope, not at all. The Giants, they held on to beat the Rockies 1-0. Logan Webb, guys, pitched the entire game. We don't see that anymore. An entire game, and he struck out 10 in the victory. And Sepp Straka officially won the John Deere Classic. Earlier today, some messy things happening in college sports, like former West Virginia men's basketball coach Bob Huggins. I think he's still drunk. He resigned a few weeks ago after a DUI arrest. He's claiming through an attorney that he never formally resign and is going to sue the university if he's not reinstated. Basically, he said that the correspondence sent to the school came from his wife, not him. So not only Messi at the school, Messi at home. Northwestern announced that they're going to reconsider penalties for Coach Pat Fitzgerald, who was suspended two weeks without pay. This started on Friday. New details emerged yesterday. There's still details that are coming out on this situation about hazing in the football program. A lot of details that are not appropriate to say on the radio, so if you're interested, go look it up. It's really just some stuff you just don't want to hear about. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? A little football news. Did you guys hear this? That apparently the Rams were really trying to trade Matt Stafford in the oh, wow. offseason. Okay. <laughs> this was a, a report. It hasn't hit the big news yet stories yet, but it came out because a a former NFL executive was on the most recent episode of the Pat McAfee show, and he said that the Rams tried very hard to trade Matt Stafford, and it did not work out. Denver Mm. Broncos running back Javante Williams, who suffered a torn ACL in week four last season, said today at a football camp that he feels ready to go, and the plan is for him to be cleared for the start of training camp. So good news there. Yep. Back to you guys.
2: Good stuff. No more Damian no. Lillard slander. <laughs> you know, here, here's the thing. Here's the, I'm gonna give you an example. No, here.
5: <laughs> calcetines <laughs> no empieces.
6: Oh,
4: she's out, talking. She's talking Spanish. Okay. It's, he,
2: it's the only she's word he totally knows in fired Spanish. Up right here. It's, sock.
5: it's socks. It's um, socks, by the way. It's not if, even a right uh,
2: up. We got Wimbledon going on right now. We right? do wearing all white and all that. If I say, it's so stupid to wear all white, I I wouldn't do that. These people that wear all white, they're chumps. And then the next thing you see is me wearing all white. Mm -hmm. Why don't you look at me and be like, Brian, what was all this talk about not wearing all white, now you're wearing this all white. You'd look at me sideways for saying those things okay. and then doing the opposite. That is Damien
5: Lillard right here, right now.
4: I'm gonna let you, Monty go first.
5: You're real you're real slick here, Brian, because yes, you made a great example. Not the same at all. How? Because Damien Lillard has actually put in time and work and tears and effort and all of this. Oh. You, did you just show you. up to Wimbledon one year and you're like, I'm not going to wear white this, that? No, it's not the same, even it's though your example same was thing.
2: good. It's going against what you said in the past.
4: Okay, that, B, that's- B, let's let's think of it this way then. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. He was saying that at a stage where he was in the grind. He was lost mm-hmm. in the moment. He was seeing other people run around and doing this and joining super teams and, you know, blah, 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 right? Those things are real and they were real at that time. He's evolved to a state of now seeing that he's not going to be able to do what he wants to do in the grind mm-hmm. in Portland and now he wants a better shot at it, right would you would that change your stance on it from a, a standpoint of him maybe maturing past the point of saying those things about other people and really understanding his own situation better How about that? Would that give you a little a little difference on that?
2: Nope. <laughs> but it's a great it's a great point to bring up. But there's no reason to talk about Paul George. But right. if he's no asked reason.
5: about it, if you, he you specifically asked about something it, it, like that, you're going to answer.
2: He's throwing messages out there. He's throw, We'll get back into it. We'll get back into <laughs> it. Because he's throwing Instagram messages out there. And, right. You know, like, right. I hate being in this position. I love <laughs> the man. But the truth is the truth. Okay? I'm beholden to the truth over here. We also have to get to this coming up. Which is more sobering? You're welcome to the NFL moment? Or you, I got to get out of the NFL Mm. moment. That's Mm -hmm. on the way. I'm Brian No, He's Kerry Rhodes. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No. He's Kerry Rhodes here on Fox Sports Radio. We're coming to you live from the TireRack.com studios. We'll pick it back up with Dame next hour because I I feel like uh, it's a sneak attack for me to talk Dame when (laughs) Monsie's not around. You know what I mean? Like She's got to be has got to be part of the mix over here, Kerry. So we'll, we'll revisit that next hour. I want to turn your attention, though, to Richard Sherman. Mm-hmm. So Richard Sherman, former NFL quarterback, he was on his podcast, and he was talking to Lane Johnson. He's an Eagles offensive lineman. And so Richard Sherman told this story where he knew when it was time to retire. So this was week six of the 2021 season, and Tampa was at Philly. Mm-hmm. And Richard Sherman was guarding Devontae Smith, really good, uh, I think at the time, rookie, Eagles receiver. Yep. And he said he was with them step for step, and all of a sudden Devontae Smith er, put on the brakes, and, and Richard Sherman said his groin told him, ow, 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 snap, snap, <laughs> and he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And he knew right then and there it was time to hang him up. Um, which is more sobering, Kerry? Is it you're welcome to the NFL moment or you're I got to get out of the NFL moment?
4: I think it's the welcome to the NFL moment uh, because you've been obviously the best player on your team for a long time. Right. Coming into the NFL or any professional sport. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have this, you know, this level of confidence that you need, but also need to to, to be broken to actually start to perform on a level where you're a really good player on that next level so i would say that that welcome to the nfl moment is probably the most sobering because you get to realize you're not the only alpha in the room Mm. and you also get to realize that these guys are just as athletic talented strong fast as you are so either you're going to adapt to that and get better or you're going to fall to the wayside so i would say the welcome the welcome to my moment
2: do you remember your welcome to the nfl moment absolutely
4: yeah, it was the first game. Like I said, it was the first game of the season. So preseason, I'm killing it. I'm you know picking off all these you know these these quarterbacks, and it's it's actually <laughs> it's actually pretty funny because my defensive coordinator at the time, um, he he his name was Donnie Henderson when I was a rookie in '05 mm-hmm. with the Jets. I was balling out, playing really well, and he was like, "You're playing." The, it, it, <laughs> he said this term: "You're playing these 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 kids that." He had a, a derogatory word to him, so I'm not gonna to go to that. But he mm-hmm. was simply implying, simply implying that I'm playing, I'm playing guys that I should be doing this against. And I, you know, I was like, no, I can do this against the starters as well. And we get into week one against the Chiefs, and they are running the ball down my throat, Oof. and the crowd's going crazy in Arrowhead, and I was. After the game, I literally told him, trust me, please. I'm still a good player. I know I can do this. You know, like I'm starting oh, to really co- <laughs> explain that I can still get the job done. But that was my moment for me right away. Game did he say one.
2: anything or just look at you like, I told
4: you? He said, I told you, but he also said, you're my guy. So oh, I, good. he did comfort me, but I had to like, I was like, I'm never going to play again. That's how I really felt about the moment. It was how crazy. How about
2: how about that the other moment like with richard sherman explaining he yeah. knew when it was time to like man this is it i don't have it for these young guys anymore do you remember that moment yeah.
4: for you too? no i didn't have it i when i left in, in in 13 i just left off one of my best years as well statistically and number wise so i wasn't in the position to say i can't do it anymore mm-hmm. so i don't know that feeling that so to speak but i've seen it i've Seeing guys not have that step anymore, have that burst, and you know all those different things. But I don't know it. Um, I don't know it myself.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that that obviously adds up. If you don't even have that moment, of course the welcome to the <laughs> NFL moment would. <laughs> I think of man, some of these players who were great right. in the NFL, you know, Hall of Famers, and there's that one play where if you're a corner, that wide receiver just burns you, and you're like, what? Your groin is about to snap right off right. because you had to put on the brakes real fast. That's sobering too, man. really it, is. It hurts. It, it right, hurts your soul. <laughs> literally. Coming up next, dominance versus production. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Hope you're enjoying your Sunday. We got to get to dominance versus production here. Very interesting take from – Former NBA player Dwight Howard. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help get you there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. So Kerry Rhodes, Dwight Howard, had an opinion that caught a lot of attention. He was comparing himself to Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. who just won a NBA championship. Jokic was a two-time MVP. But Dwight Howard says he considers himself to be more dominant during his prime than Jokic is now. And he went on, and I'll give you a couple of quotes here. He said, obviously, people going to say Jokic can score. He's got all those offensive skills, but at the same time, I was getting 38-20, 45-18, 19-20. Right. I'm doing all of this with twos, no threes, all twos. I'm doing this with lobs. I'm not getting a lot of post-up attempts like Jokic. He's getting way more opportunities. I don't want people to think that I'm trying to hate even comparing, but I'm going to take myself. I know how dominant I was, and I know what I could do with my skills. Mm -hmm. What do you think about all that?
4: Uh, He's not not, – He's not lying. He was a dominant player. I just don't like when players get into the comparison game. Mm -hmm. It's so hard. They're totally different players. Obviously, Jokic does get the ball a lot more because he's more skilled as far as an offensive talent, right? He's making people around him better. Not only can he score at at an all-time efficient rate, he makes other players around him better. So he's going to get more opportunities, right? As far as the numbers go, you can't prime Dwight Howard – was one of the best players in the NBA. And mm. that's just that's a fact. Now is he a generational type player in the same sentence as as Jokic and in, in that regard, he's not. So it's hard to compare the two. But as far as numbers go, he can stack his numbers up with them if he wants.
2: Look, man, as far as defensive stats, there's no and comparison. That, and yeah. nope, yes. Like that, that's Howard all day where right. he was a, a three time defensive player of the year. And he had two seasons. He led the league in blocks. You know, he yeah. led the league in rebounds for five seasons. So defensively, I mean, that that's Dwight Howard all day. But, man, in terms of offense, I, I don't want to hear this. I did it with all twos. <laughs> Whose fault is that? Did they not have a three-point line? Like, I look at a guy like Brooke Lopez. Right. Think about Brooke, who never shot threes before, mm-hmm. ever. And now he's shooting about five per game and doing it well. Right. And he's playing at the same time Dwight Howard is. Like Dwight Howard acts like he was playing in the 90s and no big man ever shot a three, <laughs> ever. It's like, right. dude, you played in the same era. I, I don't want to hear that I did it with all twos as if it was just because of the era. It's because you never expanded your game. Well, Dwight Howard was athletic yep. and he was dominant and powerful, but he was not skilled. He did not have even a mid-range shot. It was all close to the rim, close range. He didn't have any range, and that's on him.
4: Well, B, I'll, I'll say this, though. He played with an old-school-style coach as well, with Van Gundy, right? So I'm sure Van Gundy wouldn't have appreciated him going out to try, to try three, so I'm sure he wasn't really, you know, focusing on that part of his game at all. So it's, it's very hard, man. I mean, you can look at Dwight Howard's shot and tell he wasn't going to be a good shooter, right? He shoots a hard ball and similar to Shaq when he came into the league, he was super athletic as well and could handle the ball and do certain things, but it just wasn't asked of those two guys or those individuals to expand their game where this game is totally different too.
2: Well, I think there's a reason why he's not asked to expand his game. It's because (laughs) he had no game outside of close range, right? Like if he's showing that he can shoot it, like when the basketball was moving to that, You know what I mean? Like, Carl Anthony Towns has been doing it for a while. Brooke Lopez has been doing it for a while. Jokic has been, you know, showing range for a long time. It's not like this just happened two years ago and Dwight was basically already out of the NBA. Like, so I, I think that there's a reason why he wasn't asked to expand his game is because he didn't have one. He didn't even have a mid-range game. So, like, (laughs) that's like Ben Simmons starting to shoot threes. You know what I mean? Like, that's never going to make sense for Dwight Howard. And so I look at him closer than who his head coach was or or that type of thing. It's because he never progressed. And I I don't think that's because of whoever was coaching him and just – Putting the uh, the handcuffs on him—that was him putting the handcuffs on himself more than anything.
4: Yeah, it's one of those things. Again, it all boils down to me. The you don't why why compare right now anyway. This guy just mm. Jokers just won an NBA championship. He's been the back-to-back MVP. I mean, it's just not the right time to talk about it. I mean, obviously, people are gonna look at that and say it's not close. But I I just think that there's a little validity to what he's saying as far as the dominance part because the dominance part can be you know you can take that in any you know with any breath or any breath that you want to put it in you could you can you can have an argument there right but it's just not the right time
2: right I hear you on that I'm just not giving brownie points for I'm doing this with all twos (laughs) yeah it's like okay (laughs) like was it a crime to be able to expand your your game and shoot from long range there's no way he could ever do that he just wasn't that guy right Um, Yeah, as far as the defensive credentials, he was off the charts. And I do hate this when – and he brought this up, the comparison game. But if we're going down this road, I hate to do the comparison game because Dwight Howard was so much better early in his career than he ever gets credit for. He was such a good player. But he he was often looked at for what he didn't do. He was kind of like the Westbrook of big men. It's really what he was.
4: Mm, I like that.
2: Right? Like we're looking at what he doesn't do well instead of what he just absolutely excels at. And I think that's unfortunate, but I mean, a lot of that was, was on Dwight. It's um, he just, he was so athletic and so skilled, but he just, he didn't maximize those gifts. You know what I mean? He just wasn't a guy that was going to work his genitals off, expanding his range and becoming a better player. He just wasn't that guy, but he brought so much to the table, and I hate that it's glossed over.
4: Yeah, that part. That's the part that I I don't like either. I mean, think about that all, that 75, what was it, the top 75 list, the NBA? Yeah. The players, some of the players they put in in front of him was just ridiculous, And and that just shows how much in the now with social media and, you know, all these things that are being put in front of us and these stats and stuff that are being put in front of us how easily we forget what people have done or accomplished in this league because it's so much about what have you done lately. Where a guy like Dwight Howard, with his accolades and the stuff you just said, I mean, his defensive prowess, his rebounds, he took that Orlando Magic team to the finals. So mm-hmm. say if he won that finals, did that change the perception of him? Who knows? But just people get so caught up in what, in what a person's doing right now that they forget and gloss over what they've done.
2: Yeah, it's true. And man, I also think that if we really get into, this might be looking at it too closely, maybe not Carrie, but when he's talking about dominating, right? like he thought he was more dominant in his prime than Jokic is, I think a lot of that is how it looks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Are It's a power type thing. There's no doubt Dwight Howard was more powerful right. than Jokic because Jokic is more of a finesse player. But I I don't get down with the dominance type thing. I look at production. Mm -hmm. It's just like, how productive are you? And there's no doubt that Jokic is more productive. Jokic is the best passing big man of all time. And he doesn't do it with the power that Dwight Howard did. But I think we're getting off track here, where it's like, who cares if it's not as powerful? How effective are you? Who was more effective? And that's where Jokic wins this battle. It would be like, think about boxing, Kerry, mm-hmm. Floyd Mayweather. Yep. Money May is not a knockout artist. He was not, like, powerful. He wasn't dominant in that aspect. Guess what? He was undefeated. <laughs> he was 50-0. <laughs> I don't care if you're not knocking dudes out left and right. It's like, how effective are you? And that's Jokic. He was more effective. I don't care about the dominance or the power aspect as much as I do overall
4: production. I love that comparison because even Money Mayweather in his, in, in his you know, he's been in his prime for a long time, but in his younger years he did have power. He had to adjust his game based off an, an injury. He hurt his right hand when he was younger, and so he didn't, you know, want to throw that power right hand as much as he used to, but he changed his game. Talk about putting in the work and evolving to a, a different fighter and still being productive and still being undefeated. And I mean, there's nobody like him, right? So I like that comparison a lot. I mean, I think that's kind of what Jokic is as well. I think he is dominant in his era. It's not the same. It doesn't look the same as the Whites was, but he's still dominant, though.
2: Right, right. Or you could do a Tyson thing, you know? Think about Tyson, how dominant that guy was, how powerful he was. Evander Holyfield wasn't known as dominant, as powerful, Holyfield beat him twice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> exactly. so, sometimes we get enamored with the dude that throws the one hundred five mile per hour fastball. Mm-hmm. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. But it's like, how productive are you with whatever you're doing out there? And that's where I think that although it looked a lot different, although Jokic does it with more finesse mm-hmm. than power, I, I think that Jokic is more productive than Dwight was even at his in his prime. But to be fair, it's closer than it seems right here, right now, with Jokic just winning a championship and Dwight several years removed from his prime. It's closer, but I still think it's advantage Jokic.
4: Yeah, it's just no no question, advantage Jokic. And he's still he's gonna be able to do this for a long time. It's yeah. not like it's over. <laughs> you know? He, he's still got a yeah. long time to go.
2: And that's the other part of it too, is like the power aspect. Don't get me wrong, I'm not against it. But power doesn't age as well as finesse does. Okay. Nope. Like, there's a reason that Michael Jordan switched to more of a finesse game later in his career instead of just this downhill, attack the rim style. It's the same thing with big men. Like, you're right, Kerry. Jokic's game, it translates to old way better than Dwight Howard's game did. And that's the other reason why I'm not going to just look at power and, and dominance like that, where it's, man, hey, man, finesse, it's got staying power. And Jokic absolutely has that in his favor.
4: Uh, it's not, yeah, that part's not even close. And you can even take it a step further, right? What What's the, what's the position in the NFL that has a flash of time where it can yeah. look pretty and look strong and dominant, but doesn't last long? That's, running back. There you go. Yeah. That's why those guys aren't getting paid anymore. That's why those guys are running back by committee now, because you can't, that doesn't achieve longevity in the long run. And so you got to be able to uh, be flexible and change a game and have some finesse and have some power and, and mix it up.
2: Yeah, no doubt about that. Good stuff. All right. We got a lot to do here. Um, I didn't know that I'd be talking a whole lot of Wimbledon with you today, Kerry. <laughs> I love it. But there are a couple of things that are hilarious. I think. <laughs> I think you besides awesome. the all white besides the all okay, white. All right. <laughs> oh, and we're going to revisit Dame dollar. <laughs> Same hypocritical dala over there with Monty. I know she's warm enough. She's getting ready for the update. She might be turning colors right now, you know. But we'll get feisty with uh, Monty as well and have some fun with that. I'm Brian, though. He's Kerry Rhodes. We are live from the TireRack.com studios right here on Fox
1: Sports Radio.
0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with AMAX.
2: I'm Brian No, He's Kerry Rhodes here on Fox Sports Radio. We're coming to you live from the TireRack.com studios. Yeah, so Kerry, I don't care where the funny is. I don't care if it's in the NFL, the NBA. I don't care if it's Wimbledon. I go where the funny is, okay? And there's some funny stuff in Wimbledon here. So the first thing is uh, the chair umpire. You don't hear this very often. Uh, check this out during a match. Love 15. Ladies and gentlemen, please, if you are opening a bottle of champagne, don't do it as the players are <laughs> about to serve. Thank you. Oh, don't you love that? <laughs> don't, the, uh, don't open the, the bottle of champagne while they're serving, please. Right. Let's uh, get back to action over here. Uh, there's also this, Carrie, This <laughs> Okay, so... The match is in the fifth set tiebreaker, okay? We're talking about our man, Alejandro Davidovich Fakina, okay? Mm. He's serving. It's 8-8. Eight, eight. Fifth set tiebreaker. He goes with the underarm serve, mm. okay? Mm-hmm. Not like throwing it in the air and smashing it as fast as he can. He goes underarm. He goes finesse mm. over here. This is how that sounded.
1: An underhanded serve. But it
4: goes against the man who executed it. And Holger Runa has match points. I mean, I've
2: seen some
0: decisions in my life, but I have never seen something like that. An
1: underarm serve at eight all.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Loose is what we call
2: that. Carry. <laughs> I'm trying to think about what this would be like in basketball. It's probably the best comparison. This would be a tie game, late, mm-hmm. very little time, and a good free throw shooter. He steps to the line and he says, you know what? I'm going to play a hunch here. I'm going <laughs> to shoot this free throw underhanded. And misses. Do you realize what we would be saying about that? That's what this Wimbledon tennis player just did.
4: Yeah. Yeah, that would be an O to Jerry West. That would be the, the under the underhand free throw joint. Yeah, that would be talked about for a while, especially if you didn't execute it. And even if you executed it, it would probably be one of those things where, oh, he thinks he's too good now. You know, it, it wouldn't be any positive spin that comes from that.
2: <laughs> there would be
4: some naysayers. Exactly. There's always those naysayers oh, out there. Yeah, yeah. Exactly.
2: But, man, if you're going to do that, you better execute it. You better <sighs> execute it. And he did not.
4: He did not. Yeah, he'll never live it down.
2: Yeah. Now, this is the last one. This isn't just a tennis thing. You can expand this to all sports. This reporter needs to be fired immediately. I'm not the guy that oftentimes calls for people's jobs. Mm-hmm. I'll call for this guy's job immediately. He needs to be out. So this reporter, he's talking to Paula Bedosha. Mm-hmm. And, and Bedosha, she had to retire from her match. So he congratulates her on the win.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. <sorry. laughs> okay.
2: And she has to like, set the record straight. Listen to this.
1: Where's for your,
2: your I lost.
5: Uh, <laughs> you missed some matches because of injury. Uh, yes. Could you please tell us about your fitness and confidence level, please?
4: Um,
5: for your
0: information, I just lost. I didn't win. So, um, yeah. You um, didn't win. Not
2: win. Not. No. <laughs> Even like the, the, I don't know, like the the person that helps it out. What, right. what do we call that? Like the... The PR person the PR, is like yeah. yeah News Flash, she didn't win.
4: And he's like, She really? She did? Yep. It's wow. Like a, it's like a FYI. Yeah. 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 She didn't win. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's an all time blunder. Especially in a, a high stakes tournament like that where, you know, obviously she doesn't feel well about where she's at right now and having to not be able to finish. Yeah. And then on top of that, you just Add insult to injury; it's not a good thing. Not
2: a good That's thing at bad. all. Yeah. Congratulations on the win. I just this
4: is an all-time
2: soundbite right here.
4: I lost. It's like a Saturday Night Live bit. Her timing, yeah. her comedic timing, was spot on.
2: I'm trying to think of, it's not as good with team sports, although it could work with that. You know, congratulations on the win. We just lost, dude. What are you talking about? But individual sports, if it's boxing, if it's MMA.
4: Right. Like Right. Right. Like, Man, oh, didn't you just watch the match? He, obviously, he didn't. Right? Mm. He came off the sidelines. He probably was still asleep during the match and came in, and it was his allotted time to come speak. And he was just like, "Yeah, you won the game." He's <laughs> like, "No, I did not win."
2: <laughs> you at least kind of get that right. That's the thing. I uh, uh, strange comparison, Kerry. But when Michael Jordan, when he owned the Charlotte Hornets, I'm not looking for him to win four rings right. as a team owner. You got to get me at least one first series win. You know what I mean? Just one series win over 13 years. Didn't even have that. So for the pool reporter, I don't need you to know every last tiny detail about whatever you're covering. I need you to know who
4: won. (laughs) I need you to know that much, okay? So the prerequisite is you should know who won. Yes. Okay. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> now we're like bringing the bar down a little bit more to kind of just yeah. make it okay. All right, we gotta so that, got to at least get it.
2: to that point then. <laughs> okay. So we circle back to Damian Lillard. Uh oh. This is kind of like the pre chorus to the Monty Bolaños chorus. Okay. Um, so we differ on on Dame. Love the guy, but it's hypocritical to be looking sideways at all these other players who went to other teams, and now he's going to do the same thing. It just, it is what it is. Let me ask you this, Carrie. Yep. There are four doors right here, okay? What you're faced with as a, a player that is, you know, like the franchise player. Damian Lillard is the Portland Trailblazers franchise player. Right. So he has four choices. Door number one is the, the best choice, which is your Dirk Nowitzki. Like your guy, right? Yep. You stay put, you win a championship. That's the most ideal. Now we get door number two, Reggie Miller. You stay put, you don't win a ring. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. There's also Kevin Garnett, who went elsewhere, won a ring. Went mm-hmm. from Minnesota to Boston, won a championship. The flip side of that is a guy like Carl Malone. He went elsewhere, didn't win a ring. So so which, which is the the worst of these options. The best is Dirk. The second best is KG. Right. Right. Which is the worst? Is it Reggie Miller, you stay put, don't win a ring? Or is it Karl Malone, you go elsewhere and don't win a ring?
4: Oh, the worst is definitely Karl Malone. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, he obviously was Mr. Utah Jazz forever. Um, MVP, Hall of Famer, cemented, obviously. Then you go to the Lakers and chase a ring with that team and literally... Obviously, at that point for him, he was past his prime. Where you know Dame is still in still in it. He's still in his prime, right? He's still playing in a, at at a at an all you know all NBA level. So, what's going to happen for him if he was to go to Miami and not have the success? You're always going to question why go there and leave and and wreck the image that you had in Portland, right? That's going to always kind of come up. He'll always be Mr. Trailblazer, but you'll always have that. That doubt of why I, I could have just stayed and done it here right. instead of going to a team and not get it done there. So it's 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 a tough one, but I would definitely say the Car Malone one is the worst for sure.
2: And that's where I think that Dame is in a really, really tough spot. And this is the part we haven't talked about, Kerry, is he really has to do the KG path for this to pay off. Right. Right? Think about this, where being Reggie Miller isn't the worst thing ever, where if you stay with Portland the whole time, don't win a ring, I mean you still are the guy there. That that beats the Carl Malone situation where he could have been the guy with the Utah Jazz. Now he's he's still thought of as the guy, but it's different. Yeah, yeah. It's different when he goes to the Lakers and doesn't win a championship. It's just different. So for Dame, you know, he's really gotta see this thing through and win a ring like KG did, because his backdrop is different as well. If he had just mind his p's and q's, he didn't say anything about any other player going to any other team, mm-hmm. and now he's going to go to another team. He wouldn't be facing so much scrutiny. But if he goes elsewhere and doesn't win a ring, he's going to get a lot of flack for that, based on the b- backdrop that he created. He right? Will. Like that's what we're looking at here.
4: He will. And what's even uh, even more different in this situation is the two that you just named, Reggie and Carl Malone, they both went to the finals. So they've even accomplished a little bit more in those situations they were in than Dame has. And I think, to be honest, Dame's had chances to to get to that point. He had a team when they lost to Golden State, obviously, that year, but they had a team that could have gotten to the finals and didn't get it done. So, you know, Reggie Miller and Carl Malone both made it to the finals, right? They had chances and proved to be you know, right up there with those top guys by standing the grind and almost getting it done and getting that taste of it where you could see even a Carl Malone wanting to go like he's done. He knows he wasn't the guy anymore. He's trying to piggyback on the championship where Dame is still has a chance so to, to go to Miami and still be considered the guy. And the pressure is going to be crazy on him to win there. Yeah,
2: yeah like look at these two options. This yeah. is really what it's down to. It's stay in Portland. Mm-hmm. You got a bunch of young guys. You're not even close to title contention. That's not ideal, right? Right. Or as he's put it, it's just Miami. Let's say it gets there. You have to win it all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, t-
4: I agree. Those are two tough options for I, the guy. I agree. He has to win, Brian. I 100% agree with that. Mossy's still looking at me crazy, so I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying not to stutter here. I'm trying to make sure I get this point out, but. The thing about the whole Dame situation is, I've I've seen the reports and I've seen where, even teams that if he went there, they would win, like a Boston, right? I've heard reports of Boston, you know, throwing their hat in the ring at possibly bringing him in, right? Mm-hmm. Goes to a situ- situation like that and wins, then that makes sense. That's a, that's the same thing that's KG did, right? Went to Boston, won it in Boston. So mm-hmm. you know, having that op- opportunity would be for me, it would make sense if you want to leave and go win.
2: And, look, Dame is a grown man. He can want to go wherever he wants to go. Right. I just wonder why it's only Miami. (laughs) You know, like, I think culture-wise, he's a perfect fit for Miami. He is a grinder. He is absolutely relentless. I think he fits in great. And that might be how he's looking at it. I don't know. But I'm just – I wonder why it's only Miami. Right, like he can want whatever he wants, but does that
4: does that seem a little bit strange to you also? Yeah, I mean, obviously he has friends. I mean, I know Jimmy Butler and him are really good friends. I know that. So I, you want to go, yeah, be in the culture, be in Miami, be in the you know in the winning culture that they have, and then you have a, a really good friend there that makes sense from that standpoint. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I would only, I guess, I can only lend my thoughts on that because I can actually see that it's a tangible thing for me. But other than that, I wouldn't, I would have no idea.
2: And he's tight with Bam too. So yeah, yeah. maybe that's it. Now I got a question for you, Kerry, as we welcome in Monsi Bolaños. (laughs) Um, Was she in the the starters gate, right? Was she more amped up before, according to Monsi or right here, right now?
4: Oh, oh, it's right now. Oh, it's not right now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't even look that way. I'm looking the other way right now. Oh.
5: Okay, so many things you guys said that I just, like, I, I don't even know where to begin. The last segment when we were talking with, with the Damian Lillard slander that I will not accept, uh, Carrie, you said if he goes to Miami, I don't even think it really makes them, like, that much better, right? I think you said that. Yeah. But right now, you both were like, no, if he goes to Miami, he has to win. Even though you don't think it makes Miami a top contender, but we're going to put that pressure on him. Why? Why is he being? Why? Why do we have to compare him to things that have happened in the past? Why can't his story just be different? Because it's literally like Kevin Durant literally left the team, the best team that he couldn't beat, and won a championship. He's now on his twenty seventh team, and we're (laughs) fine with it. Like he gets he gets criticized a little bit. So I just I I'm so annoyed because it's like Damian Lillard has Put in, I don't, uh, when was he drafted? 2011? 12? 13? 12. I think 12. it was 12. 12. Okay, we're around that, right? So 10 years plus that he's given everything to this team. I looked up his comments to Paul George. That was in 2020. Mm-hmm. Time has passed. Things mm, have oh, changed. No. Oh, <laughs> Things no. have changed with him and Portland. In 2020, when he said that, Portland was probably like, don't worry, man, we're going we're gonna to surround you. We're going to give you what you want. Instead, they literally draft his replacement, who doubled down and said, I'm going to wear double zero watch me. Come on, guys!
6: <laughs> okay. How does this
5: sound so good? To, it does not sound... I would not want to stay there. Literally drafted the guy that's going to replace me, and he said, double zero, baby. Double zero.
2: Lots to unpack here, Monson. I mean, am I, go, I wrong on that? We'll, we'll go Cliff's Notes version here. Okay, <sighs> first off, Kevin Garn, uh, Kevin Durant going to Golden State initially, world-class flack the Crap. guy caught. Yes. like yeah. Nothing but, yeah. but it's, flack. Oh, but that's it. Now you guys are right. he has five championships. I know he doesn't
5: have five, but you get know what I'm saying. He's but gotten the credit now that he, he was also, wanting.
2: He was never the guy that said... You guys are clowns for going from team to team, oh, chasing we're, we're a gonna championship. Oh, we're going to die on this hill, aren't we? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Gonna, not, yeah. not embracing oh, yeah. the grind. Oh, yeah. That—that's the whole point. If kB if KD did that, if grind? Kawhi did it, if Paul George, if anybody did that, we'd be crushing those guys just like we're looking sideways at Dame for doing what he was against. Did he
5: not put in the grind for ten years? Yeah, my,
4: did. I, I don't think we're talking about the grind here, though. I think we've established that he's put on the—he's—he's he's embraced so, so the grind. Okay, so he did yeah. it.
5: So he did it right. Okay, so why are we but dissecting that?
4: But what's changed?
5: The fact that his team did not provide what maybe they've been telling him for years and years and years. Well, we don't know what Portland has Is the case told with us. anybody else? I mean, of course it is, but right now, but right now, everyone is like all up in arms because he is demanding a trade to a specific team and for different reasons. Your argument mm-hmm. is what he said, you Brian specifically, because yeah. you, yeah. you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're good, Carrie. <laughs> you Brian specifically are are saying because of his comments, based on what other players have done, that he he has to stay on that hill. The hey. hill you're dying on. You want him to stand and die on that hill,
2: if even he though,
5: even comment. though. Things are not what he wants anymore,
2: maybe. Hey, if he doesn't comment on Paul George. But and Paul he's just George was to go talking smack to him on social no media first. Hey, he so said, you guys are going home. And he's like, <laughs> yes, you guys are clowns switching teams up. Like, you're changing shirts. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Uh, yes, right, right. you are. Yeah, but yeah. You, you got yeah. it. Yes, that's yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Right. If he doesn't say that, no issue whatsoever. Mm. None. You know what this is like? No, this would be like contract (laughs) negotiations. Yes. And and if you're saying like, like whatever your stance is, someone who uh, negotiates during the season, I just have a big problem with that. You shouldn't do that. And then you turn around and negotiate during the season. You're a hypocrite. That's just how it works. I just think that
5: you are trying to make this black and white, and there's a lot of gray, because there's 10 years of history of things that we don't know what was said behind closed doors between the Blazers and Dame.
2: Hey, let's make it a full party. Bo Benson once in. Yeah, come on in, Come on,
5: I
6: just want to say that I'm super excited to have this conversation again in two years when Giannis is doing the same exact thing Dame's doing right
2: now. (laughs) And I won't say anything if Giannis wants to go elsewhere because he hasn't blasted anybody. He does the
6: whole loyalty thing. Hey, he's still got a couple years to do it too.
2: He he hasn't blasted anybody, and he won a championship. He can go. Dame can go too. It's just it's not going to land right when you're talking smack about other guys switching teams.
4: It's simple. It's very simple from Brian, for sure. For Brian, it's, it is. It is yeah. black and white. It is black and if white. If you're going to speak on it, be it. That's it. Uh, that's, yeah. all, that's what Brian's saying. That's right. I get it. I get uh, it. Yeah. it. I get that.
5: Bo, that's all you had to say? I thought you were going to jump in and defend me. I mean, look.
6: If there's anyone that Damian Lillard can like call a, a weirdo for jumping teams, it's Paul George. Because Paul George always insisted that wherever he landed next, that's where he always most wanted to be. I still remember when he ended up with the Clippers, he's saying like, oh yeah, I wasn't a a Lakers fan. Uh, I I never really, I just like Kobe. And there's like, I know a lot of people that lived in Palmdale where Paul George is from that have Paul George in their yearbook. Where Paul George is wearing Lakers stuff. Oh, I every, believe it. Everywhere. Really? Like, <laughs> Paul George wanted to be a Laker. He just didn't happen. So, yeah, he's. I understand what Dame's saying, but uh, digging it up from, you know, three years ago is oh. a little. Uh, oh,
1: thank you. Uh, that,
6: uh-oh. that
2: seemed like a point for uh-oh, me. Yeah, a <laughs> here's, a, here's the last thing I'll ask. Okay, Monsie, you're no, You're no longer Monty Bolaños. <laughs> okay. No. Okay. You, for this little point here, you are Paul George. <laughs> uh-oh. Okay.
5: okay. Okay. You are Paul George. I'm Paul George. Damian Lillard tweeted
2: at you, saying, "Yeah, or, or put on Instagram like you're a clown." Yeah. yeah, switching teams, yeah, not embracing the grind, and now Dame switching teams. What are you as Paul George thinking right now? I'm
5: just gonna tweet at him. What'd you say three years ago? <laughs> I will bring it back up, and then I will say, "Carry on, carry on." <laughs> okay. I hear you. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, no, listen, what you're saying is not wrong, Brian. I just, I don't think it's that black and white. That's all. Let's leave it at that. What do you say, John Ramos? Let's agree to disagree. There you go. And put a pin in this, and we'll fight next week. Let's
4: do it. Again. Well, well, I'll be the one to say, um, to, to kind of button this up. You know, my guy didn't run from the run from the grind ever. Uh, he played 21 years on the same team. And uh-huh. uh, the teams that he was supposed to win on and they didn't win. He still stayed there and there was rumors of him being almost traded to the Lakers and he was like, Nope, I'm staying here. I'm gonna take a pay cut and got it done with a team that was really past their prime and got it done. So yeah. I'm gonna applaud him. I'm just gonna you know, how sweet was was that
2: too against LeBron's first Uh, year with the heat and oh
4: it was so good. I, I went to game I went to game three in Dallas that year. I took my dad. So it was actually a really good experience for me. And I was, I mean, me and Dirk are friends and Jason Terry. So to have that was, it was just very special.
2: And your boys lost, right? They were down 2-1 in the series.
4: Yes, they lost game three. Yeah, yeah.
5: Okay, I I know I'm supposed to give it an update. We're supposed to move on, but I I am sorry. So my boyfriend, coming in clutch right now, Uh-oh. listening to this, Uh-oh. sent me a picture of an article with a picture of Kevin Durant's tweet from 2010. Oh 2010. My no. Just for my argument. Thanks. Thanks, Boo. This is what Kevin Durant said in 2010. This is around the time I assume when maybe LeBron went to the Heat. I assume this is maybe around that time. No, right? No, that's 2010. Wait. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Kevin Durant. Now everybody want to play for the Heat and the Lakers, let's go back to being competitive and going at these people. No, he Mm. didn't. Right here. Durant said that? Durant. Ah. So. Thank you, uh, thank you to hey, the boyfriend for listening hey. and sending me this. Thank you so if
2: much. If you're trying to cancel something from 2020, you can't go back to 2010. No, but the
5: point is, here we are. That, that everybody has said things and done things like this. That well, is the point.
2: But but the point with KD is he joined a 73 win no, Warriors, I, I, yeah, team who no, beat him. KD, that, for real, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 No,
5: was, yeah. KD was the worst. I, I, that is the worst. For but sure. people change their minds on what they say. Thanks. Okay, 2010. Okay, let's talk about let's talk about baseball real quick, real quick. Orioles have won five in a row. They beat the Twins. Cubs beat the Yankees. So Yankees fired their hitting coach because they think that's going to solve the problem. Victories for the Reds, the Giants, the Pirates defeated the Diamondbacks today, four to two. So now the Dodgers are technically in first place in the NL West, even though it's not really. They're kind of tied. It's just the Dodgers have one less loss. The Padres took down the Mets, six four. Manny Machado responsible for five of those runs earlier today. The Nationals they beat the Rangers. The Rangers are three and seven. In their the last 10 games. No buenos. But a victory for the Royals, the Marlins, the Brewers, the Rays. They finally snapped their seven-game losing streak and they beat the Braves. And the Blue Jays came back from behind to beat the Tigers. Mariners won and the Cardinals won. Yay for you, Brian. A little Wimbledon. You guys were talking about it. Novak Djokovic, play has been officially suspended. Novak Djokovic won his first two sets in a tie break. So he's going to continue his fourth round match tomorrow. Uh, there's only one American man left standing at Wimbledon. It's Chris Eubanks. None of us know anything about but he is kicking butt and taking names. He is gonna face Stefano's... I don't know how to say it. <laughs> pasta that one. Or something like that yeah. one, exactly. Yeah. In the fourth round tomorrow, but he is the last man standing. But we got a couple of uh ladies in American that are still standing. Jess Pagula, she dominated her fourth round match today, but the number one seed, Iga Zvatek, she's still in it. She's also <laughs> on to the next round at Wimbledon. More champagne popping like you were talking about. And I think I got every all oh, right, the John Deere Classic. It was in the end, Sepp Straka who won the John Deere Classic. Guys, again, not a busy season. In sports, yet what a busy Sunday. What a busy Busy. Sunday. I am hot and sweaty from this dame talk. I am (laughs) very upset about it. (laughs) Uh, But I think uh, I win. Back to you guys. You win. I oh, <laughs> win.
4: What
2: is, my God. You don't raise your own hand in the yes. octagon. Yes. You know? yes, I do. Yes,
4: I do. <laughs> I, thank you. Uh, if Great that guy stuff, thinks Monty. that
5: that other tennis player won and she didn't, I win too, okay? I can tell myself okay. I won.
4: Fair enough. Ryan, she's holding her left hand up with her right hand. Right? <laughs> yeah, hand that's exactly
2: you. what she's doing. That's right. <laughs> All right, we close it down. Coming up next, is this the craziest of the crazy predictions? That's on the way. I'm Brian Though He's Kerry Rhodes. Keep it locked right here on Fox Sports Radio. Two and two now. Scherzer is set. Here's the pitch. And Manny gets a hanging breaking ball. Hits it a ton. Deep to left field. Way back. Good to go. Second level of balconies in the Western Metal Building. And a three-run homer in the bottom of the first for Manny Machado. I'm Brian Though He's Kerry Rhodes. Here on Fox Sports Radio, that was the Progressive Play of the Day, brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more, all your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Padres Radio Network compliments. They add the call. Six to two win for the Padres as they beat the Mets. Man, Kerry, I was just telling the guys, I shouldn't tell you all my bad beat parlay stories. <laughs> I had the Diamondbacks earlier this week mm-hmm. beating the Mets. Mets are down to their final strike. They hit a, a a solo shot to tie the game. They go on, they score another run, they win the game. They were down to their final strike, Kerry Rhodes. I know. I and know.
4: Uh, I know. Gosh. I we swear. talked about this, that last leg, man. That last leg is 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 very detrimental to a lot of people's health. So Years off here? my
2: life. <laughs> Years off my life, man. How about this? Tampa Bay Buccaneers cornerback Carlton Davis. I can't get enough of these quotes over here, okay? He's talking tough. No more Tom Brady, right? You've got Baker Mayfield and mm-hmm. Kyle Trask as your two-headed quarterback monster. He says, we're about to do it to him. Talking about anybody overlooking Tampa. Anybody who feels we've lost Tom and lost something is going to be in for a rude awakening. A rude awakening. (laughs) We're going to wreck bleep. Like, wreck bleep. Interceptions, turnovers, plays will be made. I will say plays will be made, and this is the kicker. And our effing division is worse than what it was before. So we run through the division, get to the playoffs, run through the playoffs, and it's the Super Bowl.
4: Oh. Yeah. Oh. Well, yeah. He threw the Super Bowl in there as well? Yeah. I thought he was just talking about their team being competitive. No. <laughs> no, he okay. just kind of slyly threw in uh, the Super Bowl as well, Kieran. He was like the Michael Jordan quote, the, the ceiling is the roof. Yeah. That type yeah. of deal. Yeah. that's yeah, that's yeah, That's intense.
2: Hey, man, there are surprises in the NFL every year. This is that not won't be, be one, one of them. them. No, <laughs> no,
4: absolutely not.
2: Tampa Bay and anywhere in the same sentence is Super Bowl. Not going to happen, man. Kerry enjoyed it, bud. Always great hanging with you. Brian, amazing. Love it, man. Always good stuff. Hey, keep it locked right here. FSR. We'll catch you soon.
3: if you dare.